Today is Monday, July 31st, 2023, and you're listening to the Ask a Christian Podcast. I'm your host, Nate. Shaking the dust from our feet. At some point, where do we just cut our losses and say, you know what? I'm trying too hard. I'm being biblically accurate. Uh, peace. I've told you, if you want to argue, if you want to contend, if you don't want to listen, um, bye. I will shake the dust from my feet. I mean, we want to engage. It's like human nature to, like, get in this debate, deboggle, like, come down in the mud with people. Um, but at a certain point, I mean, you know, are we doing this for our own ego? Or I, I'm, I'm just kind of pulled into these things. Like, I, maybe it is. Like, I don't want to let it go. I want to keep trying to convince someone that what I'm saying is true or what I'm saying is right and, you know, come to our side. But I think we really need to just, it's a numbers game, right? Like Jesus says, share the message, scatter the seed. And even with other stuff too, because we talk about how politics and religion are increasingly more intertwined, that politics too, man, like whether we're talking about climate or medicine or anything like that, the evidence, and you know, besides religion, how there may not be empirical evidence for a God, the way people want God to be proven to them, a lot of times in this natural stuff, in this physical world, we have evidence, we have studies, we have data. And we can see now we have data about all the falsified data or whatever the case may be. And if people are still unable or unwilling to realize that and they just have their heads so far in the sand, it's like, you know what? I'm going to go talk to all these other people that that want to be inquisitive and want to take in new data and perhaps make new decisions on looking at it. But if you're so unwilling to even consider, then, you know, do what you want. I guess you're not our people. So, you know, whether it's politics, religion, whatever field it is, shake the dust and move on. Uh, aliens or demons, <laughs> you're just going to have to listen to that. So, um, you know, the more people are, are admitting that there may be extraterrestrial life or encounters or aliens or stuff like that, the more and more I'm thinking, if we have government and world leaders saying this stuff, my hunch is there's not little green Martians with other physical material bodies like us. It is, uh, you know, like interdimensional entities, demons would be the Christian word for it, who are deceiving people into thinking they're just like us. They're just like humans, but maybe more evolved. Maybe they've been around longer, so they have stuff that can really help our planet um, or something like that. Um, but it's demons. That's my claim. Anyways, uh, the name of God. How important is it you know the exact name of God and use it every time you talk about the name of God? Um, it's not. If you're talking about the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, if you're referring to Jesus, the guy walking around with disciples in the, in the Bible who was crucified and resurrected from the dead, if we're talking about that guy, that guy knows who you mean. Whether you're talking about Jesus in Spanish, Jesus, Yeshua HaMashiach, I am, the great I am, Emmanuel, God with us, uh, the word of God. Uh, no matter what title or name you're talking about, if you're if you're talking about the Jesus in the Bible, the God of the Bible, that God knows who you're talking about. Anyway, then we diverge a little bit into some meandering conversation. We talk about Steph, who apparently has been dubbed the slum lordess of, of um, New York. <laughs> uh, and then, you know, women pastors, I, I just, I accept my fate. Like day six, day seven, day 1700, doesn't matter. We're, we're apparently not getting away from this, and, and I think it's because um, I'm dealing with my own <laughs> issues in a in a church that has women pastors on staff. So maybe uh, maybe God is going to keep giving having people interject this topic, um, which maybe sometimes I bring it up. I don't know. Today did I bring it up? I don't know. Anyways, there's plenty of times I have no intention of bringing this up because I'm I'm over it. Uh, yet someone would be like, "Hey, I just have a question about women pastors. What do you think about that?" I'm like, "Oh, come on. Am I being trolled right now? Is God trolling me?" Like, you know, the I'm like, "Have you not been here in the last like month? This, this comes up like every other day." Um, anyway, so perhaps that's that's why I need to I need to you know pull the trigger and you know go to a biblically adherent church. Um, 
anyway, it's hard, right? Like, this, I mean, you know, it's God knows I'm not perfect. Here's an example. Like, you know, we all know what the Bible says. We know what I believe. Uh, and we know what the Bible says and what people who follow the Bible believe. Um, we believe the Bible. So, you know, the stuff creeps in, right? So it may start, uh, you know, it started fine when we didn't really know about pastors or staffs. We just like wandered into a new church. Um, some people may be more investigative. I, I just church hop and try to one until I, I found I, I liked it. I fit. Um, anyway, so then we find out, well, there's some women pastors, but, you know, they're like basically secretaries. I'm like, eh, and I, I didn't really have an opinion on like, I don't know. Uh, you know, can you have the title of pastor and not really be a pastor, not pastor anyone, not leading anyone? You just like got credentials. Um, and I don't know, that's been kind of bugging me more and more because it's like, well, look, I mean, on a technicality, even if they're like, well, yeah, I, I am a pastor, but I have no leadership role. I have no authority, blah, blah, blah. I, I just, you know, pay the bills, but I technically am a pastor. Um, well, what's the reason? Like if, if the Bible talks about how, you know, women should not be pastors and then they, whoever they is, the ones doing this, they want and, and like covet that title of pastor. Well, what possible reason is it? Like, I mean, that's unbiblical. So even though it seems like a superfluous, uh, is that the right word? Um, technicality, still there, there's some kind of spirit or something behind that, um, that, that's been kind of rubbing me more and more the wrong way. So, and it's not just like to, to be mean to women. Um, there's plenty of things, right? Where it seems like on, on the surface, it's not a big deal, but then you're like, well, what's the reason for that? Like what, what, if the Bible says that you shouldn't do that and yet you want to do that, is it pride? Is it ego? Like what, what possible reason could you have? Um, Anyway, okay, so that's what we talk about today. So uh, for the foreseeable future, or perhaps until I switch churches, people are going to randomly wander in having no idea we've discussed this a thousand times and ask about women pastors. Anyway, so check out the Ask a Christian book on Amazon. Check out the Ask a Christian merchants, merchant store, <laughs> merchandise store, grab a t-shirt um, if you like, and support this podcast, sharing the gospel with people online and having these deep, uh, theological conversations sometimes and biblical conversations. So it's always a mixed group. It's always a mixed audience. We never, well, not always, but we never know what we're going to get. So sometimes we go deep into Christian theology and really what the Bible talks about. Other times it's just kind of fly by with some atheists that want to know very vague general questions. Regardless, the cross of Christ is always should be center. And that is our focus. Repent and believe the gospel. Uh, anyways, thanks for listening. Share these links. We'll see you next time. You know what? Oh, <laughs> At what point do you decide between like, you know, proselytizing like the Great Commission versus, look, we've been there done. I mean, I guess Jesus kind of tells us, right, like shake the dust from their feet. But I mean, you know, how, how much back and forth should there be, right? Like, so between shaking the dust from our feet and moving on, you know, Paul's like reasoning with the Roman people for what, one or three years or something. So uh, I don't know. I mean, I guess it's subjective, but is there like a general rule you come up with? Like how many, how much back and forth you'll have someone before you're just like, all right, do what you want. Yeah. You know, it's usually like when they just aren't going to listen to you. Like they're just set in their ways. Like at some point you have to be able to discern that, you know, and be like, all right, well, uh, good luck, <laughs> you know. So. Well, you, you know, it's kind of like a, it's, it's interesting, right? Like, what a time to be alive. I think lots of things are converging because we we're, were talking about this about like, you know, other stuff from like, you know, medicine to uh, gosh, like climate change, all this other stuff. And for certain things, it's like the evidence in, in our estimation is so glaring and it's just like in your face, it's indisputable, yet people dispute it that almost at a point it's like, okay, look, we're not even trying to convince the naysayers anymore. 
and you know for this it's it's whatever side of the issue that you think you're right on so you know not taking sides but you know it's like whenever you get so so you're so convinced that something is right um and, and we have empirical data for it right so like natural things in this world and it's like look it's so much in your face if you're unwilling or unable to accept this then we're not even going to try with you anymore we're just going to keep like speed bulleting down that rail like you know like paul revere right just like shouting out for everyone else who is like Oh yeah, that does make sense. Oh yeah, I see that. It's like great. Come on board. Like you know, this train, this train's uh, you know only got so much time. So anyone that wants to listen, jump on, get on board. Anyone that doesn't, peace. Good luck with your life. Yeah, we're out here yelling from the rooftops, and uh, it's going to be only for those who will listen. <laughs> I mean, it's not a bad way to do it, right? Just be like a bullhorn. Be like when when someone has a bullhorn, there's usually not another person with a bullhorn like conversing back and forth through bullhorns it's usually like you know the one guy has a message to get out and some may think it's important like a public safety alert some may think it's crazy like you know shouting the end is near but regardless like the guy with the bullhorn usually doesn't get a lot of challenge because there's not a lot of other bullhorns shouting back at him so maybe that's not a bad way just be like the end is near the end is near repent <laughs> like on a bullhorn and by the time they're like oh but i found this verse in second kings verse uh, it's like oh where, where do you go Oh, he's a hundred miles down the track, like you know, saying the end is near to other people now. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> you, you know, hey, Bubs Felix, welcome, Felix. We're, me and me and Steph's husband are right. You're you and Steph are wrong. Sorry, to, sorry to let you know. Um, we were talking about. Oh yeah, Todd, what's your uh, what's your take on this? So, uh, it was in some of our Discord chat. If you guys aren't in Discord, get in Discord. Um, but it was one of our Discord chats. Uh, someone felix i sent you an invite let me know if you can't get up but was talking about like uh you know the new oh yeah it was felix uh, talking about the aliens how like you know they're having congressional he hearings and, like the guy the, like the colonel last week was testifying like you know i we totally have aliens i i haven't seen it uh, i haven't haven't heard anything directly from it i've just heard other people who say they've seen this so i mean i i think the guy's a total plant but you know the whole controversy around like alien life and extraterrestrials and stuff like that um there was a question i think it was felix was like what do we think about that or something and, uh, yeah, like I, I, he, I think that, uh, you know, if there is any type of ETs, like little green men, I think like the leaders of the world have tapped into some like, you know, demon energy or something. And it's like, however they're doing it, I have no idea. They're like some sort of technology or like, you know, occult practices. I mean, we can't put it beyond governments to do like spiritual occult practices i mean you know look at look at the nazis so i mean you know to say like oh no governments are secular they would never do that well never say never so whether it's like some sort of technology or airwaves or communication or like spiritual practices um i think if they have made contact with outside life um the outside life is making them you know letting them know oh hey we're just an advanced species from a distant galaxy we're totally like you um in every way we're just advanced here let us help you but while they have the impression it's like, you know, little green men, like natural physical beings, it's probably demons. <laughs> and so like, I, uh, that's just my hunch. I have no way to know that, but that's just my feeling. Yeah. I like agree, they're, they're like, yeah. ah, Felix, <laughs> me because and Todd and Steph's husband. All right. Since, uh, you know, since the Bible and that is, that is my source of truth and everything that, uh, everything I believe will filter through that. I, it doesn't speak of extraterrestrial life but it does speak of demons and devils. And so if there's anything outside of the world, it's going to be something of that nature, I think. So, yeah, that's, that's where I'm at with that. 
Yeah, and I, I have a feeling like it's just it's crazy, right? Like I wonder if 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 you know I'm I'm this old and this like you know mature in my walk as a life as as a human. Like you know I mean don't mean mature. I'm pretty immature, but I mean I mean like just experienced that other people have been in this position before where they're you know hit their forties. They're like I've got a decent amount of life experience, you know probably half of it. And they're like, oh, all these things are converging. All these things are coming together. Oh, look, it's not like science and technology and government and religion are separate. Now they're all intertwined. Like, I wonder if I'm, I'm, this is the first generation it can't be to have that thought. But I mean, it really feels like it because there's like, you know, people used to say, you know, don't talk about religion and politics. And now it's like, uh, don't talk about, well, don't talk about religion or politics. Now it's like, don't talk about religion and politics because they're, 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 you can't get away from it. Like it, they're, they're becoming so intertwined anyway. So I, I wonder. I just wonder what's going on with that. But yeah, the more and more people are like uh, less cagey about alien stuff. And finally they like walk it up for whatever reason, like, you know, maybe they need to create a panic. Maybe they need to, um, I don't know, show hope for the future. Like, you know, the world is ending because they're trying to crash it. But look, this other race has like hope for us and they can show us a better way. Like for whatever reason they, they think it is. Um, yeah. My, my guess is it's all demons and they're being greatly deceived. Great, wonderful. Okay, let's talk about this. So, <laughs> the, the, you got anything else to say on that, Todd? No, sorry, man. I was like, I, I'm at work at the same time, so I'm listening and trying to talk to you. Uh, yeah, I don't even listen to politics. I don't even listen to the news anymore. Uh, I basically tune it all out because, yeah, I used to be interested in it. Now I don't care. <laughs> yeah, it's prob probably not a bad way to go. Except every um, time they talk about how, you know, the banks are collapsing and it's an engineered crisis and, you know, you're going to lose all your savings. And, you know, on one hand, in, even if, if we're like, ah, oh, we don't care about billionaires, if they lose all their money and everyone, all the multimillionaires lose their money, it's certainly going to affect people even who are homeless and have no money. So I get that. It's not lost on me. However... I still can't suppress a chuckle that I'm just like, oh no, our savings is all going to be lost. Oh no, I guess I'll lose that 200 bucks I got saved up in the bank. Um, anyway, so uh, yeah, yeah, I, I, all I that chuckle stuff, a little bit knowing that, that it's still going to affect me anyways. When all that stuff hits my radar, I'm just like, yeah, end times. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> yeah, I'm just like, you know, maybe maybe that's better because, I, I mean, you know, on one hand, it's like, you know, if you're a Christian, you believe it's ultimately going to be better. But is it like approaching, you know, if you're like preacher of rapture, is it going to be better because you're like, well, the worse things get, the closer it is to me getting out of here. Or is it like, well, no, we're, we're all in the same boat for a while. The worse it gets. Yeah, it's really going to be bad. It's really going to suck for me uh, for, I don't know, 10, 15, 20 years. And then all the other Christians who aren't dead yet will get out of here. Um so, I mean, you know, there's really no no way of knowing how good or bad it's going to be before said rapture would take place. Um, but, I mean, you know, from, from the Earth's history, I mean, you know, things can get pretty dark and the rapture still doesn't happen. So, you know, we don't know. Hey, Vanga, what's up? Greetings and salutations. What's going on? What have the aliens been telling you? The aliens have been telling me to look every other way but whoever's saying the aliens existed. That's <laughs> <laughs> I'm too much of a conspiracy geek, I guess you can say, to just kind of fall for that stuff. So whenever, they, you know, something pops up and they're just making sure they focus all your attention over here, I look yeah. the other way. Cause, um, usually there's a lot of stuff that's happening in the background that they need to, you know, like that whole Kylie Kaylee, whatever it is, she just disappeared out of nowhere and, and 
it's making headline news and everybody's trying to find her and baby on the highway. And then all of a sudden, oh, I'm, through my lawyer, this was fake. It's like, I'm, I'm very careful when I see certain things pop up. I'm not saying it's not possible. Well, I don't know. I don't know about the alien thing, but you know, I'm not saying certain things are not reality, but whenever the media starts really pushing it really strong and everybody's talking about it in my news feed, I said, nah, something ain't right. Yeah, it's like, what are they really, uh, what are they really distracting from? And if they're good at their job, we're never going to know. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean, you know, if they're, if they're saying aliens are real, I mean, whatever they're trying to, like, smoke and mirrors and, you know, like, what's really behind the curtain. <laughs> I mean, if they're saying aliens are real, it must be pretty darn big what they're trying to distract from. I mean, normally you'd be like, oh, it, interest rates are going up uh, half a percent. Oh, no, what are they really trying to distract from? It's like, nah, bro, aliens exist. It's like, oh, geez, whatever they're really distracting from must be pretty big then. I got to go back and look at the um, the the documentary, but um, I think Michael Heiser um, made a, a documentary on aliens or something like that. But I guess when, when you follow when you follow what was being said, it was more like it wasn't really aliens, but it was like a government mind control type of things going on. Um, I forgot how the line of reasoning behind it, but it made a lot of sense, though, you know, in the way the reason why there were so many alien sightings and certain things like that. But there was actually something else going on with government experiments and things of that nature. So, um, yeah, I'm not sure how valid all that information, but he made a pretty it was a pretty interesting documentary. I'll say. Hmm. Well, in other news, I was hoping Michael would be here because uh, usually the discussion will, will come up shifting gears. How, you know, it'll start talking about, like, you know, uh, gay people want to get married in church and forcing a pastor. And uh, he like he takes aside a lot of, you know, why would anyone want to do that? I really don't think like a nice, uh, you know, a nice, good gay couple would try to force a pastor to marry them if they don't even believe in God or don't want to be in that church. Like, why would they possibly do that? I'm like, well, that may be because you're a decent human being. But no, there are plenty of people that, you know, hate religion, hate God, don't believe in any of it. Yet they would absolutely want to force Christian pastors to marry them uh, as like a way to like as like a power trip to like hold it over them. Like they like they don't believe any of it. They just know the pastor like, you know, disagrees with their lifestyle and, you know, disagreements equal automatically literal Nazi Hitler hate. Um, so because of that, it's like their way of like, you know, pulling rank or like getting a power up um, by having someone be forced to do this. Anyway, so he's like, no, I can't imagine that happening. So similar, similarly, I guess I'm late to the party because, you know, I'm not really in dating websites because I've been married 15 years. But um, someone just like shared a link and it was for like 20, 2016. Um, so, you know, it's, it's old news. I'm late to the party. But still, it kind of like proves the point, right? There are people that just suck at life. So Christian Mingle, uh, apparently like, you know, California um, forced them in like 2016 uh, to allow like, you know, gay dating options on their website and who, whoever the parent company is, I forget, but whoever owns Christian mingle, funny enough, they also own J date, but they own like five or six dating websites. Well, anyways, so Christian mingle, it's in the name, right? If it's your sincerely held religious belief that, you know, God has a problem with homosexuality, then that should be fine to be reflected in your website. So if you want, uh, you know, to find a homosexual relationship, go to gay date. I, I mean, You've got websites for this. Um, anyway, 
And just like that, if it was like gay date and they wanted to be exclusive, then don't allow straight options. And everyone will be fine with that. If you want to be a straight person, go to, you know, go neutral ground, go to like match.com or something like that, or eHarmony. Um, anyway, so the point is they, they you know, these, this gay couple in California sued Christian Mingle because they wanted to find gay partners. Um, anyway, so California um, basically told them they had to do that. So they lost a lawsuit and they got sued by gay people that wanted to find, you know, gay partners. So anyways, I was just thinking about that over the weekend. I saw that article someone sent to me. And even though it's kind of old now, old news, um, yeah, that happens. And people suck. There are, I think his term for them is garbage humans. Um, what you think about that? No? Back to aliens? What's up, Malk? Are you speaking? I, I, I find it. No, you go ahead. I find it surprising. Like, so there was this lady back in the days. We, she got, you know, yeah, well, she sits in the same bad. church that I used to attend back in the days. I'm not sure if I'm in the matrix. Yeah, I'm in a bad area. I, I, every single time I want to talk, but I, I get in these bad areas. I, I, well, Mark, I sent you an invite if you can talk. But I'll just read your chat until then. Um, not all Christians think that being gay is wrong, comma, stupid. Uh, what if I'm a gay Christian? Okay. What What if you're a gay Christian? Like if it's a sincerely held religious belief of the people at Christian Mingle that be, they are Christians who think being gay is wrong, well, then that's fine. That's their sincerely held religious belief. So if you're a different kind of Christian that thinks it's fine, start your own website. Go to Gay Date. I, what? So just because you're like, no, I'm totally a Christian, but gay, gay stuff is fine. Therefore, allow me on your site, even though you, you know, sincerely disagree with me. It's the same thing. Uh, let's see. And I want Christianity to be a part. Uh, what if I'm a gay Christian and I want Christianity to be part of my dating life? Well, gay date. Um, not as much as you think about it. Nah, you dog whistle way too much for my taste. Uh, you'll just not like the combo. <laughs> Do I dog whistle? I mean... I'm trying to like, you know, make my whistling, you know, just so everyone can get it. Like there, there's no smoke and mirrors here. Um, not like the aliens people. Um, it's called the marketplace. Right. I mean, if it's the marketplace, if that's the same marketplace we're talking about, like, you know, let the, let the free market decide. Right. So if there's lots of Christians that, you know, or think gay is the way and that's fine. Um, fine. Don't try to like force people to bow to your will. And if enough people don't like it, they'll go out of business. You know, that's a term I, I don't know, like all these like mealy mouth terms, like and it's a dog whistle or that's like gaslighting. Like when people say gaslighting, even though it may be appropriate sometimes, I still I, I don't know. I just don't like it. It just seems like mealy mouth, like kind of like, ah, I don't know. Like, I don't like all these like recent terms. Like you're gaslighting me. <laughs> you're dog whistling. Oh, shut up. Like you're a demon without repenting. You'll die in your sin and burn in hell. Did I gaslight? Did I dog whistle? Like. I mean, that's pretty clear, right? We don't I heard want my that. son say that. Didn't believe the gospel. My son said what? something about gaslighting. Where you get gaslighting? <laughs> hey, Saint. Good morning. Feel free to join us, people, if you like. Yeah, um, I'm not sure if I'm still in the Matrix, but. I guess the no, point that I was, yeah, the, the person, uh, 
you know, I used to go to church with her, whatever, the older lady, and she ended up leaving the faith. But, you know, we were always cool. You know, she was like a motherish type of individual. And I mean, she, she knew what I was about, I mean, for all these years and so on and so forth. So re- recently I posted, a, you know, I do music. So I posted a song that had certain, you know, references, you know, you know, um, to, to that particular um, uh, community. And then, you know, she sends me a message. She goes, you know, I'm going to have to stop following you right now because you're spewing hate. And I can't believe it. Like, like she's just so surprised that, I mean, I, I don't believe in the practice of homosexuality. And I'm like, well, I'm kind of Christian. <laughs> and, and, you know, so it, it, stuff like that don't make any sense. And somebody made in the comment, too, I was going to say something about that. Like, gay Christians, I, there's no such thing as a gay Christian. You know, we have Christians that have struggles, but there's no such thing as a gay Christian, just like there's no gay or, or a Christian serial killer. You know, it's it just those two are like, what, is that an oxymoron? Is that the word I'm looking for? I don't know. Yeah, there's also someone um, who, yeah, I, I unfollowed because they're like, they, they live close to me and I don't know them well. Like, I think they're they're new to the neighborhood, but they, you know, I met them and they sent me a Facebook request. So I accepted and, you know, a lot of the conversations I get in are politically and religiously charged because you can't separate them. Um, and I see, like, all the stuff they post. It's just, like, the most, like, hippie, liberal, like, it just far out there stuff. Like, completely uh, opposed to Christianity. But from, you know, reading the stuff they write, they consider themselves, like, you know, quasi kind of sort of Christian. Um so it's it's weird, right? Because it's it's like uh, like when when the guy in chat a minute ago said, "Oh, what if they're a gay Christian?" And you're like, "Well, a gay Christian doesn't exist." <laughs> um, so it's like you know, if you said, "Oh, well, you're not a Christian," I think she'd say she's like a child of the world or something. Like you know, she's she's she would probably be like, "Oh, I'm Christian and I'm Muslim and I'm Buddhist." Like probably, I mean, that's the type of philosophy we're going through, right? So it's like not even a coherent thing in like world religion because so many of these are just like incompatible. Like you get an adherent of any of these and they're incompatible. I mean, maybe Buddha, a Buddhist would say they can be whatever, but as far as the religions, they're incompatible and they're trying to make it compatible because their whole thing is like, they're, they're like the love is love crowd, like extending that, not, not to just like, like gay people love is love, but like everything is love, right? Religions, world peace, like all this stuff. So uh, anyway, they just post such incorrect posts like that. And whenever they post about Christianity, like, you know, Jesus didn't care about hell. He cared about love. I'm like, oh, so I'm like, okay, like I'm gonna, I'm gonna like lose it. Like I, I'm, I'm gonna like have, you know, I just had to unfollow them. I'm like, I'm gonna like end up saying something like, like a floodgate, and um, you know, have my neighbor hate me, which, you know, is different than being like, well, you disagree because this is what Christianity is. Not talking about like, you know, not sticking to my convictions, but talking about the whole like live with peace as much as you can with, you know, all people. Um, I'm like, oh, I'm going to be a very unpeaceful person if I like, get into a back and forth with this person. Anyway, I guess that's my way of saying I feel your pain, Vanuel. <laughs> Good morning, Michael. Were you able to get up here? I sent you an invite. Yeah, I'm here. Oh, of course you are. My stupid screen never refreshes. What hey, you're welcome. Well, I was just saying, I was wishing you were here not to backtrack for everyone else too much. But we, we were talking about, like, someone shared an article with me from a few years ago, so it's old. I'm just linked to the party. 
but uh, Christian Mingle got sued. And I remember the times that, you, you know, we talked like recently as last week, I think. And you're like, well, look, I don't think like gay people would really want to force like a Christian pastor to have to marry them if it, if they didn't want to marry them and thought it was against their religion. I don't think gay people would really want to force them. Well, similarly, over the weekend, I saw this thing in Christian Mingle from like 2016. But this gay couple, and while Christian Mingle is not a pastor, I mean, I think the point is valid. Um, this gay couple sued in California, Christian Mingle. Um, because they didn't allow a gay dating option on their website because it went against their sincerely held beliefs. So that's just, you know, one more like indisputable example. And they won, you know, because California, whatever they, they so they won. So Christian Mingle and like who, whoever owns them own like five or six companies, all of their companies now had to be like court ordered, forced to allow like gay dating options on, you know, a website that otherwise would not have been because of their sincerely held religious beliefs. So to, to say that, you know, that's not a thing and, you know, just good hearted gay people wouldn't want to force people to do their will, especially if they didn't want them there. Well, you know, that's just demonstrably what? false. Anyways, what? that was my thought today. I wanted to see what you'd think about that. Well, yeah, the, the, that's interesting. So I, I think, think garbage human is your term for people like that, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I would. Yeah, I mean, that's what I would say. I mean, you know, you said, you know, good natured, you know, good natured person. I don't think that those are good natured people. And I think it shows the the. Let's see if I let's see how verbose I can be. The the silliness of the superfluous litigiousness of the American people. Um, it's what is this fascination that so many Americans have with? I'll sue you. It's so dumb. Like I, <laughs> it like people like I I just you, you hear these stories about people throwing like you know filing lawsuits for. You know, yeah, personal opinion, but the dumbest reasons you can possibly imagine. Um, and, and I would say that, you know, these people are, you know, are not, in fact, you know, good natured. Um, and, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to dispute, you know, like if you have an example of it. Well, yeah, there's an example where, you know, something that I thought, you know, has been shown to be wrong. I'm fine with that. It doesn't bother me. Um, but it, it's interesting. And then the kind of tie into one of the other things that you were talking about with the whole, you know, this this idea of, you know, everything being love and stuff like that. I hear this a, a lot, and um, what I'm reminded of is this this coexist, you know, these coexist bumper stickers that you see. I've got a piece and, of for that. <laughs> and talking. it's funny because I, uh, uh, my wife and I were talking about this, and, you know, she said, you know, do you think that, you know, do you think coexist is something, you know, that, that you, you know, the idea that you get behind? And I'm like, well, yeah, in in – in theory, yes, but in principle, no. And the reason I say in principle, no, is because there are too many people. Um, I like because if you look at the coexist banner, you know, it shows, you know, it has, uh, you know, it has the Rich crescent Rich. moon for uh, for Islam. It has, you know, a cross. It has all these other things. Um, and the problem with the idea of of this, oh, you know, let's all can't we all just get along? Basically, is I don't think I can just quote unquote try to get along with people who in some cases would have like, so if, so if it was me a thousand years ago, I would have been burned at the stake as a heretic, right? No oh, me question, too. you know, <laughs> um, uh, you know, it, but if it's now, there are many places that because of the tattoos that I have, I go in there, I wouldn't get off a plane. I wouldn't last 10 minutes after I got off the plane. Um, and so that's a problem. I don't want to. I don't want to even think about coexisting with people who would just as soon hang me 
as shake my hand. And uh, if, if you haven't, I, I had a bumper sticker just for you, click on my PTR. Um, but yeah, and to Charles, I, I agree, totally agree, which is why I'm so glad someone made that PTR because, you know, we're, we are not alone. But Charles, um, you're talking about the legality of it. We're not talking about, uh, we're not talking about the legality of it. We're talking about people who would want to do that in the first place. Uh, so I, I, maybe you, this has been kind of an ongoing thing. So it's not about like what's right, what's wrong in the legal system. It's about the people that even brought that to the legal system in the first place, instead of just respecting the fact that, hey, some people don't want to do this, so we're not going to do it. And instead of crying to a lawyer about it, you're just going to be like, oh, okay, we'll go find people that you know are cool with our way of life or whatever. Anyway, so that's the background. But uh, uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, I agree, Michael. Yeah, I mean, you know, you you want to be like, oh, you know, love is great. Let's all get along in as much as you can. But if you're like, oh, I want to get along, it's like a guy's coming at you with like a knife. He's like, give me all your money. I'm going to kill you. You're like, oh, I want to get along. You know, don't hurt me. Okay, here's all my money. Here's all my money. He's like, I don't care. I'm still going to kill you. It's like, well, you gave me all my money. He's like, no, I want your life. It's like, oh, okay, well, well, look, I mean, obviously, no matter what I'm going to say, you have an intent to murder me. So I don't want to be murdered. So I guess, you know, as much as I'd like to get along, we can no longer get along. I'm going to have to just defend myself. Uh, D, yeah. what's up, D? Are you speaking, D? Well, let us know when you are. I'm getting ready for work. I'm just listening. That uh, that pic, babe, please. Do what? Email me that picture in your PTR. <laughs> okay. Hey, Sean. Good morning. Oh, CEO. There you are. Let me know if you guys don't get any of these invites. Oh, you both got them. Congrats. What's up, Sean? Good morning. Have any response for anything you heard us talking about? Well, good morning, Nate. I preached good morning. the gospel yesterday. A tree is known by his fruit. Wise wisdom. Almost um, like it came from the Bible. <laughs> outreach. Um... Restoration Center in Gaston, Alabama. And uh, CEO, welcome. Hey, um, yeah, I did have a uh, example from Michael here about me turning down business. So Dave the Flat Earther wanted us to do PR for him, and it was like a six-figure budget, and. I turned it down because it was just too stupid for me. Is that, is, do you think that was, I did something wrong there? Well, no, no like, I, like, and I said this, I think I've said this before, but I don't think that a privately held, and, and again, you know, like Nate's given a couple of examples, which I think are valid, but I still don't think that a private, and, and I've heard a couple of different arguments. And, and they're, they're somewhat compelling. So I'm sitting on the fence on this a little bit, and I have to do, I have to think about it more, and I have to look more into it. But the biggest part of me still thinks that a privately owned business, which I'm assuming is what you, know, you, you have, that a privately owned business shouldn't be able to be forced to do work for someone that, that, you know, that they don't want to do work with. And, and yeah, like, I don't, yeah, I, I can't even imagine trying to, 
how you would try to spin uh, flat earth. That just makes my head hurt. Um, I mean, that being said, I would have took a shot at it. <laughs> oh, well, yeah, I, I, mean, I guess, you know, it's like, if you're, how up for a challenge are we today? But it's, it, but it is interesting because I, I was having, I was having this discussion with somebody else and one of the, one of the arguments, and this is why I have to give it some more thought. One of the, one of the arguments is, well, you know, if you are, if you're using publicly funded resources in, in some way, then you sh- then you should be open to the public and you shouldn't be able to refuse business and and that's something i have to think about more right like so if if it's if it's your business on your property then maybe there's more there's maybe there's more to it but part of the argument was and i'm i'm sitting on the fence as to how i feel about this but it's like you know it's like if you're if you're in a public area that uses you know that that uses you know public roads all these other things that are paid for by taxes right um, you know, and 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 this is a form. It, it is a form of socialism, right? There are tons of things. There are tons of things that are socialized in the United States, right? Everything from libraries to EMS uh, you know, services, all these other things. It's it's all socialized. Nobody wants to call not call nine one one and hear how you know and want to say you know how much do you charge for a service call. Nobody wants that. Um, but it, it's and so something I'm still thinking about. But I think overall. CEO, I mean, I'm still in agreement with you. Like I said, I'm, I'm still thinking about some of these other aspects of it, but I don't, I don't think, I don't think a private business should be able to be forced to do something like that. Yeah, and we did take an SBA loan, so I would hope you wouldn't think that would work. I'm, I'm not sure what that acronym is. Can you tell me what that acronym is? Small Business Administration, so government. We so we did take a government loan during COVID. And, and it's funny. That's one of the things. So there's um, there's a there's an, an organization up here, um, uh, like the the, uh, the government does those types of things too. That was part of the argument. And yeah, you're you're really uh, you're very smart because this is part of the argument. And you you saying it reminded me of it is one of the things right that would that could be a mitigating factor. And it's something that I'm thinking about, right? But I'm I still lean on the side of. I don't think a public, I don't think a private business should be able to be forced, but I'm, but I'm, I'm still thinking about a couple of different things and a, cause it's interesting, right? Cause that loan that you got, right. It's, it's not like, or is it like, it, it's an interesting question, right? I've, I've heard lots of people say, you know, it's like, uh, you see some of those videos where, and they, you, maybe you experience this in law enforcement where you maybe pull somebody over and the person's like, you know, I pay your salary. Well, no, yeah. you don't. Uh, you know, because that's not the case, right? And, you know, all the money goes into the government coffers and then it gets distributed from there. So you're not actually, it's not actually four cents from CEO's paycheck goes to pay, you know, uh, the, the police, you know, the policeman. That's not how it works. Um, but there, but that is an interesting argument, right? Because all of the money collected by governments, you know, collected by the government that goes into a coffer to go out to help everybody, that's, that puts an interesting twist on it. But I'm, I still, I still side on the no. You shouldn't be forced. Well, well yeah, and that's well, that's like, well, well that's like, I, I mean, I, I'm, I'm with Michael because even though, like, yeah, just because you know, I, I bet more people are on the side of well, if the government, you know, if you take, you know, government funded money or help or resources, then you know, you're beholden to them. I think probably more people than not fall on that side, but I, I don't. Um, I, like, I'm, I'm kind of in the middle a little bit, but I think I'm going to come down on the side of. No, I don't. I'm on. I'm, I'm with Michael on this one. Wow, we agree again. We need a T-shirt with our pictures about how to how to like agree. Um, anyways, because when it comes to sincerely held religious beliefs, right? Like that's what we're talking about. 
and you know if someone wants to follow the religious principles that i mean in the constitution the government can't make any law about that so it doesn't say if it doesn't have a caveat there that says oh well if you take money from the government then the government can no i mean if you just read the rules as written the constitution says cannot make any you know anything like having to do with the religious freedom so if the government wants to give money fine that's that's a, if the government wants to hand out money great but that's with no strings attached so i believe constitutionally speaking and where i'm in a land is if the government wants to give churches and religious organizations money all day long fine but don't expect us to you know follow what you want because of you doing that because you know shall make no whatever law respecting religions or whatever so that that's where i'm going to come down so if the government wants if you want to take small business loans or whatever great the government shouldn't expect you to bend to their will in return for that yeah and but if I they have that, a problem with that don't uh, give them money yeah I, I if i'm just getting it real quick so so the government isn't giving money to churches they would be giving it to the nonprofit of the churches and michael that, i just I'm have so, a whole brand yeah. new way for you to frame this for you Ask yourself, do you want Christian business owners to be forced to work with flat earthers? <laughs> dark is a part of me is like, yeah, because I think you're both nuts. Um, <laughs> but you know, but that, that's you know, that's that's the very uncharitable side of me coming out. But no, but no, I, I I understand I understand what you're saying. I think though one of the entailments to what something that you said, Nate, is that you know if you're going to get you know, it's like if, if the money's going to be given out, then you also can't tell people, you know, w what to do with it. That, I think, might start to get, you know, a, a little bit on the on the tricky side. And this is and this is moving into something that I don't know anything about. And that's U.S. law. Right. When it comes to like the Constitution, and all that other stuff, because I know that there's parts of it that say, you know, the, the government can't, uh, you know, like can't, you know, something with the establishment of religion, this, that and the other thing. But I think there has to be back and forth. But that, that becomes a constitutional thing, and I'm stepping so far outside my knowledge base when it comes to that that I can't really talk about it intelligently. Yeah, and I mean, you know, if I, if I end up, like, you know, disagreeing with the government, <laughs> shocker. Um, but, yeah, that's, I think that's going to be my position. Yeah, I understand there's a difference in churches and, and that. But, I mean, that's where the argument's going to stem from. And is it right and whatever, and that will be, you know, is, I guess, to be fought out in legislation. I have a I would, I would, go ahead. Go ahead. Thought. So here's my thought. So I agree with the Supreme Court's ruling regarding the baker, but with the Christian mingle, I don't know. And I'm going to say this now, if the Christian mingle has it set up, like how the religion is where there should be a third party quarter and everything is like based upon the religion, then yes, I would agree with that. Like there's structures and, you know, maybe they have somebody go with you on the date, you know what I'm saying, as a courtship and it, it leads into marriage. So all of the structures are there that correlate with the religion. Then I would say Christian Mingo shouldn't allow for, you know, um, anybody to be a part of that. That is not a part of that religion. Um, but if it's a free for all, then you're not even following the Christian protocol. So there's that aspect. Um, however, I do also, as I contradict myself, um, I do believe <laughs> that you should serve whoever you want, no matter what it is. Like if you're a private business, serve whoever you want. Because honestly, even if we take it to just the racial aspect, if I go to a store and they say they don't serve, they don't want to serve blacks, I would rather them tell me that than they do something to, you know what I'm saying, to 
if they're that racist. Like they're bugging your food or something. Exactly. So I am for, <laughs> you don't want me to, I don't want to give you my money if you secretly hate me to fund whatever you're doing in your private life. So I give you my money to su- support some clan meeting. I would rather you turn me away. Like I don't want blacks in my, uh, in my uh, restaurant. I'm okay with that. So I'm to that extent, but regarding the Christian mingle thing, like if we gonna go full Christian about this, you gotta do it all the way so that you can have the exemption. That's why I think the baker was okay because he, you could buy any cake you want. I'm just not gonna design a gay cake for you. So I was okay with that. Corletta, what are your thoughts? If you're around. All right. Anyone else? Hey, um, mind if I just drop a shameless plug? Episode 186 <laughs> of the Canadian Atheist uh, dropped this morning. Dr. Joshua Bowen is back on talking about his second edition of the Did the Old Testament Endorse Slavery? Did the first edition not cover it up? <laughs> uh, well, no. What was interesting was so he, um, we talked about this at length, or about an hour and a half yesterday. Um, and there's his bibliography for this, for the second edition is over 50 pages, um, with the citations quoting other, uh, like basically quoting experts in the field from all, lots of different disciplines, Egyptologists, um, all, all kinds of stuff all the way down the line. So it's, uh, yeah, it's good to, li- it's, it's very good to listen to. And, uh, if you're, <laughs> if you're interested, you can go to uh, Amazon and pre-order the, uh, the Kindle version of that. It'll be available soon. I have a question for him. I would want to know if any if any group of people did not endorse slavery back then. That's a really oh man, that's a really good question. You're going to have to come and co-host uh, an episode with us in the one day. Nate. Um, Let's do it. It's, it's 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 really it's really interesting because one of the things that he was talking about is so one of the apologetics that gets used, and I mean apologetics in the most charitable way I, that I can use it, is. Um, one of the apologetics that gets used is, well, you know, slavery was all, you know, slavery was everywhere, right? And I think that's something that you were alluding to just now. And yeah, slavery, you know, slavery was all over the place. And But when you compare, like when you actually go and you actually compare the different types of slavery, they were, they were all the same. With, the, with, with one exception, that being uh, like uh, indentured servitude, indentured servitude of an Israelite slave. But I'm talking about the chattel slavery that is also there. Um, all of it in all of the areas was all exactly the same. It was all equally terrible. Um, and, and, he, and he talks about it. He talks about that directly. Uh, hey, Adonai. Oh, hang on. Before, yeah, I wanted to bring Adonai in. We have a bad habit of talking until people leave because they can't get in so Adonai what's up yeah man and I hear the brother man shout out to all the slave owners in the world um but look right um the bible makes certain certain things clear so my question to you is this right brother um why do people ignore what God's name is and they literally start telling people that God's name is like Yahweh, Yahweh, um, Jehovah, Jehovah Jireh, Yehovah, um, you know, everything, Adonai. Um, why do they ignore Exodus 3.15 when God says that 
moreover, the Lord God said unto Moses, I am the Lord God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And this is my name forever in a memorial to all generations. That's the only place that God says those exact words in the, in the Bible. And people literally don't call God the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob by his actual name, which is his relationship with them, um, which is love, of course. But why why do you think people ignore God's true name and put like these titles and argue with each other about which title is correct when God's name is clear in the scripture. You know, that's really interesting. Next thing I would jump in here first. I've actually heard, I can't tell you how many times I've heard Nate say the God of the Bible, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I've heard him say that so many times I can't even count. Okay. So that's as, as long as Nate knows the name, I feel, I feel good about him knowing God's name. Um, as long as he's not one of those people that go around like, no, that's not God's name. God's name is Jehovah. Go, no, God's name is Yahweh. No, God's name is Yahweh, uh, Yahweh, Yahweh, or whatever. <laughs> like, as long as he ain't one of those people, then we good. I just had that question because people really do not know God's name, and that's you can't you can't come in God's name without knowing God's name. So, and then I say more than you know who who God is is who like you know people maybe kind of in some way, maybe from a different angle, what you're saying, like people say you must know, uh, like you must pray to Yeshua HaMashiach or it doesn't count. Um, like people that get stuck on one name, like, you know, in Spanish, if they say Jesus and, you know, they're clearly talking about the Jesus in the Bible, um, you know, Jesus knows if you're like, oh, Jesus or Jesus or Yeshua, like, believe me, the God of the Bible gets it. Um, so, so I'd, I like I agree with you, but I'd also add that. So you know, like when God, when in Exodus, when when Moses says, "Who do I tell them?" Uh, you know, "Who do I tell them sent me?" And he says, "Tell them I am sent you." Um, if someone says, "I am," I am knows who you're referring to. Um, and I'd say, you know, the last thing is most importantly is um, knowing the name of Jesus, uh, because you know, there's one name under heaven by which man can be saved, and that is you know that is Jesus or Jesus, or Yeshua, like whatever you're talking about, if well, you're talking you know, about that Nate. guy in the Bible. Yeah, so Nate, my, so my question to you would be, like, do you really, really believe, brother, that the the one name that salvation is given under heaven, um, which, you know, the Bible clearly tells us that the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit all have the same name, so are you telling me that that name is Jesus and not the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob? Are you Same trying to tell guy. me that? No, no. Okay. So you said that I, I can agree to that. But what I'm saying is that like Emmanuel, right? Emmanuel is the son of God. Um, but the, he came as God with us. That's why his name was, his mother named him that. You feel me? But his, he said, I come in my father's name. So the name that he came in wasn't even the name that people were calling him. So why would we try to call him the name that people were calling him when he said, I come in my father's name, which is what God, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. And this is my name forever and my memorial to all generations. Why would we try to say Jesus or Yeshua or Yahweh? Or Yahweh Shai, or or whichever name that people try to put as Jesus's name, why are we doing that? Well, then Jesus well, you could, answer to Jesus. Yeah, no, that's what all, I'm if he came in his mother's name, you could also say I am. So if you want to say I am, oh, I pray to I am. 
I mean, that's going to be confusing for people that don't have a clue what you're talking about. But I mean, you know, if he came from his father's name, his father's name is I am, just like in John uh, 8.58 or John 9, when Jesus says, before Abraham was, I am. He's using the exact name that was used to Moses when he says, who do I tell them you sent me? Back in Exodus, he says, tell them I am sent you. And he goes on and then ends up saying, you know, my name is Yahweh or, you know, Y-H-W-H or whatever. Well, no, but no, so he, he says, actually doesn't say that. He says that my name is the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob. He, he tells Moses what to say, but he doesn't tell Moses that his name is I am. He tells Moses that his name is the God of Abraham, the God of Jacob and the God of, I mean, the God of uh, Isaac says, and the God of Jacob. He says, tell them I am That's sent you. Yes, he he tells him he tells him to tell them that I am sent you, but he then goes on to say more so moreover, the Lord oh, God yeah, said yeah. to Moses that I am the Lord God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, and this is my name forever and a memorial to all generations. So I am is not the name. I am is just a title which explains that he is the existing one. The existing one who who has had a relationship, a specific relationship with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and we see their relationship. It was love, that the love that he had for them and the love that they have for him is his name. So, like far as like understanding that, for us to sit there and say that Jesus, like the name that everybody was coming calling Jesus, is God's name, and is the one name under heaven is not that. It's a name that you can't even say out your mouth. It's well, a relationship you have to have. Let me ask you a question. So, if my son calls me dad instead of Raul, is is that Im improper? If he if he calls you uh, dad or Raul in general, um, and he calls you by your name, right? If he's walking in your nature, character, and authority. He will call you whatever you have told him to call you. That's what he would do. So now, for example, like Jesus called God father. Now, that's because he was the source. I mean, he was connected to the source. That was his father. You feel me? So he was identifying God as who what God's relationship was with him. His relationship, he walked in the name. When you walk in the name, you don't have to say God's name out your mouth because you're walking in the name. Everything he did was in the name. He didn't have to say God's name because yeah, I, he was God. I, I hear you, but if I said to my son, call me dad, but at some point he says daddy or father, that, that is not... <laughs> You know, no, that's not the argument I'm making. Hang on, real fast. Hang on, hang on, hang on one sec. Chris is trying to jump in, and someone's got a block. It's probably you, Ed. Let me drop you real fast so this guy can get in and bring you back up. Give me a second. Why is everyone going to be blocking everyone? I don't know. Let's see if it's you. Let's give him a minute and see if he can get in. Then I'm happy to bring you back up. We got a winner. All right, come on up, Ed. It was me. I actually. Oh man, it, it, the the system's broken. I I blocked Chris. You know, I, you know, Chris Chris is blocked on my. He he's probably not gonna stop being blocked um on my list because Chris is very, like he's not mean, but he's more so not loving. So that's why Chris is on my block list. But mind the most loving thing to do with you is to urge you to seek. That's mind. Yeah, this is mine. Well, my, my name is Adonai Ahaba, but, you know, people just don't get that. But anyway, Nate, um, yeah, like we were saying, brother, um, to the brother CEO, my uh, my point wasn't that you can call your, your son can call you dad or daddy or whatever because they all mean the same thing. But the name that he comes in is your name. He's your son. So he should come in your name. So who are who whoever you are as a person. You feel me? That's the name that your son should come in. Now, if your son is not being the way that you raised him to be, 
then you might end up disowning your son. Like, that's not, I don't recognize that. Yeah, him. but that's a totally different conversation. We're talking about the use of names. No, and that's so, what I'm saying. So Jesus coming yeah. in God's name was not about him saying the name. He came in the name because he came in the nature, character, and authority. He didn't have to say God's name out of his mouth because he walked in the name. But if someone says Jehovah, that's a title. So what? It, what is yeah. the issue with saying Jehovah? Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. It's just, a, like you said, it's a title. But God's actual name is stated in the scriptures. It says, I am the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, and this is my name forever. So understanding the name is more important than knowing how to pronounce it because there's nothing to pronounce. There's just so, something so to understand. To Nate, so, to, so to Nate's point, do you think that if, someone, if a believer calls Jehovah or doesn't say the name as you prescribed it, that that person will not will be disowned, or what, what? What penalty do you think there is for that? Well, no. If you don't know the actual name and you don't walk in it like Jesus did, then you have no access to the name. Like you, like you saying the name, you saying Yahweh or Yeshua or Adonai or Jesus or Yeshua or Yeshua, Hawashai, whichever name you use out your mouth, it doesn't matter if inside of your heart and your spirit and your soul, you're not coming in God's name. It doesn't. It doesn't matter what you say out your mouth at that. Okay, point. so so it's like so here. So here's the. Right quick, if you don't mind. Uh, yeah, go ahead. Okay, so um, so you said in regards to if you're not walking in the light, then the name is inactive. But there's a verse in the Bible which I don't know. I'm pretty sure you guys know that Jesus was like you, you know, you cast demons out in my name, and all of this that you, all this work you did in my name, and um. I don't still don't know you. So I don't I think the name is more powerful than what what you're saying. Like you there there's people who don't know the name of the most high and still are able to have access to him. Um I have claimed something in the name of Jesus and was healed personally on my own, you know, in my own experience. So I don't know what what is what's your argument? Are you what are you saying? You don't have access. What does that mean? Well, no. So hang on, hang on, mind. Wait, I'd like to kind of forego that a little bit and just be like, you know, we've we've done back and forth enough. Like the official position of the Bible is, if you call on the name of Jesus, you will be saved. If you say Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us, the Great I Am, I Am, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and you're talking about the Jesus described in the Bible with his twelve disciples walking around, dead, buried, resurrected, crucified. Who no one took his life, he laid it down, he took it up again. If that's the guy you're talking about, you're good. He knows it. So that's the official position of the Bible. If you say that, if you it talk about not, that guy, if you talk about, well, mind. So thanks for talking. I, I let you talk about a lot of stuff. So that is what the scripture says. That is what the Bible says. So if you call on the name of Jesus, on the name of the Lord, and that's the guy you're talking about, you will be saved. There's nowhere else to go. Like anything else, we have an irreconcilable difference. Um, anyway, so that is what the Bible says. Repent and believe the gospel. I think another thing to think about is just that, I mean, and this is something like what I was going to say to him is like not coming at this as someone who doesn't have a dog in this fight, right? So like uh, because language is just arbitrary and, and you kind of, you kind of uh, in, uh, encapsulate it nicely, Nate, and it's like it doesn't matter. It's like if you haven't agreed upon term, it doesn't matter what it is. If if you agree that you're talking about the same thing, and so 
it just kind of seems like a like the the silly like the antics of semantics like who who cares like i think you could go around on, on arguing a silly point like this for hours and and uh, end up in exactly the same place to our detriment i would say yeah. and and that gets that gets into exactly what i said and uh, welcome chris you've been stifled enough we'll get you in here but that goes into you know if you're talking like i was focusing i didn't know that was where he was going so is that you know divine providence i don't know but um, you know, we're we're I'm like, well, look, if you're one of the people that focus on like you got to say Yeshua Hamashiach, like if you want to say that and that's not salvation dependent, fine, great, say it. If you're saying you must say that name and you must say it that way, otherwise, like God of the universe, like somehow doesn't hear you or doesn't acknowledge you, then that's dead wrong. And it turns out that's exactly what he was doing, except instead of the Yeshua Hamashiach crowd, he's the I guess God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob crowd. Which is fine. Like I, I mean, like Michael said, like we talk about the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob constantly. But to say that salvation dependent and you must evoke that the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob every time you're talking about Jesus in the Bible, um, that's dead wrong. Uh, Chris, yeah, what's up, Chris? Good morning. Good morning. It's just more. It, so this dude is interesting because he mixes like five different religions into like this big soup, um, you know, and then and then you know puts a bunch of cayenne pepper in it. So it's just, this is something called sacred name theology. Like there's a sacred name, secret name, blah, blah, blah. And he, he melds it with, you know, Hebrew Israelitism. He melds it with traditional Christianity. I mean, it's just, it's a, somebody should do a case study on him in the mental health field to see just how many syncretisms he can do. Um, I don't know. The man is just, he, he definitely, he needs to seek professional help, as, as I have said many times. So there's a if, you were, if, if there you were a little nicer, I'd probably have to move less people down in the audience to get you up here. <laughs> yeah, Michael, go ahead. I was just going to say, there's a secret name, but is there a secret handshake? Oh, absolutely. Uh, he would probably say yes, like the Illuminati sign or something. Yeah, um, there's no I, sacred handshake. There's the sacred gate code to Atlantis. Y'all remember that? <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, I wish Michael, that was, question for you. Had that on replay. Wait, did he say what was the gate code to get in Atlantis? No, he's part. he's remember like he was like it was like there's the gate code to the Garden of Eden that was located in Atlantis, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Yeah, I didn't and hear the gate he code. Had, did he tell us the code? No, he kept it from us. He didn't let us hear the code. Well, that is not for a very the king kind. of Atlantis only. Only for the king of Atlantis. Oh. No, well, Michael, question for you. In oh, chat, yeah. someone says, why do leftist atheists have an obsession with snakes? I'll let you feel that one. <laughs> um, wow. Uh, um, so I, I've, uh, okay, well, I'll, I'll tell the story. So Nate cut me off when you're, when you're <laughs> sick and tired of hearing it. So I was five, maybe six years old the first time my parents took me to the Metro Toronto Zoo, which is uh, amazing. It's one of the biggest zoos in North America. Um, and we went into the America's Pavilion. Super cool. And so I, that's where I saw, saw the first kind of big snake. It was a boa constrictor. Not the, the picture that is uh, in my PTR is a Burmese python, um, mainland Burmese. But yeah, uh, anyway, I saw my first, you know, a, a boa constrictor constrictor. Um, at, uh, at the Metro Zoo. And I'm like, wow, I really want one of those. And my mom was like, yeah, not in my house. Um, so I was, let's say I was uh, 18 years old and uh, uh, moving out to, uh, to go to school. And before I had a couch, I had a snake. Uh, I, I pined after one, like basically my whole, I, my whole childhood and adolescence wanted one so bad. Uh, the, the snake in my PTR is not mine. Uh, it's from a place called the Reptarium in Utica, Michigan. 
go and uh, you should go there and because uh, it's really cool. You just walk up and say, hey, I want to hold that snake. And they take it out and give it to you. It's super cool. Um, with the exception of Lucy, who's a 20-foot reticulated python. They won't do that. Um, but yeah, so uh, why do all leftist atheists have in terms of snakes? Um, I, that's not a thing. I know lots of people from lots of different uh, faith traditions and political views that, uh, that all love snakes. They're super cool animals. Many of them are crazy intelligent. Unfortunately, most of the ones that are crazy intelligent are also crazy venomous. Uh, so avoid those. But, uh, but yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's the story. Michael, oh, 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 and, the, you, and, the, uh, and the code to Atlantis is actually 666, just in case you're wondering. Michael, are you parcel steph you cut out there i didn't hear you i didn't are you, a, you cut out there are you a parcel now do you speak parcel tongue uh, oh wah, 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 wah. so you know michael my our childhoods are not sort of similar except mine was cats and dogs so as soon as i moved out I got cats and dogs steph so just so you know um you can have felix because um todd agrees with me about the aliens just just saying well i mean so okay your I husband todd and i you, Chad, and Todd. I have a foot in both camps. I think it could be either one. We'll find out. She has a foot <laughs> in both camps in Armenian and Calvinism as well. I certainly do not. Firmly planted. <laughs> Double-minded stuff. Over here. <sighs> you know, Steph, we should just, like, say we're, like, oh, my God, Steph, that's it. Let's just say we're, like, full, like, you know, 50-point Calvinist and just st keep saying exactly what we do. And maybe people that don't know what Calvinism is, they'll be like, oh, I'm a Calvinist, just like Nate and Steph. And like, you know, and just like quoting Arminian point after Arminian point, be like, I'm a Calvinist. And we can totally co-opt Calvinism. This is brilliant. I love the behind Chris, the Chris, you've done this. Strategy. You've done this to your own people. Oh, that's yes. fine. I'm just going to tell people the five points of Calvinism <laughs> are the five points of Arminianism. And we'll just swap names. <laughs> It'll be fine. Oh, it's like the name of God all over again. It's like, even though we have agreed upon stuff, like, you know, just yeah. switch a name and then. It's like it's like teaching your toddlers like toothbrushes or beach balls, you know. Or like you know, Steph, calling you good evil that. and calling evil good. <laughs> well, I will just I, I will watch her. Weird words. I will just sit and watch this from the sidelines with my popcorn and watch everyone become atheists. <laughs> Anywho, how's everybody else doing? Pretty good. Oh, Bubby, uh, JC finished Drumline Camp. Um, I'm going to text you later today because he wants a recommendation on a practice, whatever, like whatever the thing you showed me and some sticks. So we need we need uh, Amazon recommendation. My recommendation is don't use Amazon. <laughs> or whatever store you get it. Oh, you're a drummer too, so he wants to, he wants to do like practice, like the practice Whatever you hit the thing, that's the, I don't know. Something I bet Steph. Me. I bet Steph could make you a drum out of like you know an animal deer skin or lamb skin or something in her commune. Yes, rabbit skin drum. We could do that. <laughs> that could make like a bongo. Solve two oh problems because these rabbits are getting on my nerves. You want a practice pad? That's what you want. Yeah, and it'll be cured uh, with it'll be cured with Calvinist tears. Just oh, go with perfect. go go with the real go for the real thing. Just get a. Get a full-on drum. You don't, you don't need any practice pad. You don't care about your ears. Oh, no, no, no. He already annoys me with every other musical instrument in our 1,200-square-foot house. 
Just just get him a, I don't know, get him some electronic drums and tell him to go crazy. Then he can wear headphones and, you know, drum to his heart's content and you, you will only be mildly annoyed. I guess Bubby's out the line. You know, Michael, I do have a, a podcast episode idea for you. Are Canadians better atheists? Ooh. Oh, building on that. Okay, go, go. Are the... Are the Dutch better atheists? Well, I, I feel like I have to give a degree of charitability considering Max Verstappen won his eighth race in a row yesterday at the, the Belgian Grand Prix. Um, and he's he's half Dutch, half Belgian. So maybe. But um, yeah. Is he all atheist? That's the <laughs> oh, I have no I have no idea. I, it, it's really funny, but I think there, there are lots of people um, – and, and I think you see this in a lot of uh, in a lot of professional sports. I think those who and I'd be curious what people think. It's been it's been my experience, like in looking at people, if people are uh, if people are religious of any faith tradition, they are pretty open about it. But it's my experience that most people who aren't kind of don't say anything this way or the other unless they're asked about it. So I have no idea what his faith leanings are. Hmm. <clears throat> but but to answer your question, CEO, um, Canadians are are Canadians better atheists? Um, well, Canadians are better at everything. So, um, <laughs> well, we can just write him off. Yeah. Uh, yes. Uh, yeah. Exactly. Just ask us. We'll tell you. Um, no, I I don't think that. I mean, because. Uh, you know, because atheism is a is a single prong issue, right? It's it's only the thing on one stance. Uh, I don't think there's better or worse. The only the only thing you'll find, like you'll find, you know, atheists who are left wing, and you'll find some that are right wing. Uh, you'll find um, them that have all kinds of varying views across all other spectrums. The only thing you're going to find that they agree on is whether a god exists or not. Uh, well, Michael, you, you took this the wrong way. Um, I was using, putting my PR and branding hat on, and I'm just trying to get you more views for your podcast, man. Oh, I, I apologize. Yeah, and, oh, uh, so funny thing, uh, Josh Josh Bowen, who was on yesterday, and we were chatting uh, when uh, when my podcast partner left my place yesterday after the recording. He's like, hey, what are the analytics like? I'm like, I haven't run them in a while. We're up to 111 countries uh, that we get regular downloads from. So... Um, yeah, uh, thank you for the offer uh, on on PR stuff, but uh, we're doing pretty good. Can you read how many of those countries have your Canada? have your head cut out on a murder board? Uh, probably, uh, well, probably a lot actually, because like so so for example, like we get regular downloads from uh, from Iran and Iraq, from Afghanistan, from uh, oh, the Maldives, nice knowing you, buddy, uh, from the Maldives. Uh, and several other places, which I, yeah, it goes to what I said before, like places I'd never step off a plane in. Can you guys do a live Koran burning on your uh, podcast? That would be. Well, then, <laughs> well, it's audio only, so you don't never just, you just hear the crackle. I mean, I, 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 I should be. That's probably all it takes. Yeah. Um, it, it's, it's funny. I don't think that. <sighs> I wouldn't do that any more than I would burn a Bible or a Bhagavad Gita or, or a Book of Mormon. I think that uh, I think that does a, a disservice. And I know you're very tongue in cheek about it, Chris. But you know, I think that um, I think everybody should read you know all of those things. Like I, I tell people all the time, and I have I have an audio version 
of the Bible on my phone that I'm talking to you on right now. I have, you know, I have a, I have a regular old Bible. I have a KJV. I have a skeptics annotated Bible. And I look at them all the time. And I think that it's, I think it's, if you're going to be someone who, you know, that talks about this stuff, I think you have to do the work of actually reading what the people that you talk to believe, say they believe. I think you have to do, I think you have to do the work. So I wouldn't burn the books. I agree that, uh, surprise, if you want to be someone who like talks about or disputes or contends with some of these, you should at least read the subject material and, you know, so you don't make yourself look foolish, which so many people do, except they don't know the material. So they don't know how foolish they look. They're like, it's just a difference of opinion. I mean, you can have a difference of like interpretation on some things, but the area you're wandering around in now is so ridiculous. Nobody who knows anything is taking you seriously right now. And, you know, it's like making fun of a, I don't know, making fun of a kid with glasses or something. I, I, I don't know, like whatever people used to do to be mean. This reminds me. So Nate and Chris, there's this guy I talked to on Saturday that would have made your brain melt. So he said he was Christian and he said that you can go to heaven by just following Jesus teachings. You don't have to even believe Jesus existed. If you just follow his teachings, you will go to heaven. Amazing. Sounds like some San Francisco stuff to me. Oh, by the way, to me. Do you um do you use the poop map on a regular basis or the what map? The what map? The poop map. What in the world is that? You're in Metro San Francisco, are you not? I am in Newark, Delaware. Where the heck did you get that from? I don't know. Why did San Francisco has a poop map? What in the world? Crapping on the road is that? Oh my gosh, that's hilarious. Literally, like. There's so much. There's so many people with like taking dumps on the street in San Francisco and then leaving used needles around um, that, and they just don't even clean it up anymore. And so San Franciscans, being the you know technology mavens that they are, made an app that was called the Poop Map, and you you get on it and there's live updates from other citizens as to who's pooped where, so you may avoid it. That is. A lot of time to be alive. Yeah, so just for the record, um, the audio of Chris saying, are you on the poop app, has been sound clipped. Uh, and <laughs> we'll be... Fantastic. Fantastic. No, I, so, so CEO, I thought you said one day, I, and maybe I'm just completely making this up in my head as I do, that you were driving in from Oakland to San Francisco when we were maybe talking visiting. one day. Yeah, it's possible that I may have been out there for a day. Yes. And we're sorry for that. Yeah, I'm sorry. But yeah, I see. I'm, I'm sitting here wondering, what did I do with my life for you to ask me that question <laughs> and to think I lived in San Francisco? I'm now questioning every decision I've ever made. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be true, right? Like, all, all that has to happen is for it to get circulated that, you know, Chris was talking to, you know, you about, you know, hey, do you use that poop map <laughs> i mean it doesn't matter if it's true or not like now you're the guy that uses the poop app probably yeah wait I'm what are we talking? hang on poop app what the hell is that is Bro. it poop app or poop map map it's like 
So it's basically a Google Maps <clears throat> that they do a poop overlay on to see where people have defecated <laughs> on the sidewalks in San Francisco. So when it gives you walking directions, it reroutes you around the human feces. Well, that's really helpful, although it's kind of sad that we have to have that kind of information nowadays. <clears throat> find it kind of funny. Find it kind of sad. Name that song, Steph. Dude, Steph wasn't even born when that's. Oh, she's off. She's off mute, but I don't hear her. Maybe your app is fighting you. She's. She said she's driving through a bad area. Oh, well, the mute this button's is, this off. This is the. This is the constant life of a slum <clears throat> lordess. <laughs> slum lordess. <laughs> great. <clears throat> Seriously, have you ever heard so of her? And since she can't, like, since she can't, <laughs> since she can't uh, um, push back, that means CEO is known as the poop map guy, and Steph is the slum lordess. That's fair. All right. Well, Bubby's not here. What are you going to say about him? I'll defend Steph. She's not a slumlord. <laughs> Thanks, Michael, for not defending me. I appreciate it. So, um, <laughs> I know this was... You, well, this she was, can't was... right now. You can. Uh, yeah, James. Oh, I was going to ask CEO. This was mentioned a while ago, and I, I got preoccupied. I didn't get to mic up or unmic earlier. So, CEO... You weren't forced to uh, do work for a flat earther, were you? No, no, I was not. I, I was saying okay. that I am thrilled that is not the case, right? So that was all. Because, I mean, it, it was a nice offer. It was a six-figure contract. But I just couldn't rationalize it. I just, like, I, it just, I, I, I think that you are responsible for the messages you amplify in, amplify in life. So that guides the clients we work with. Oh, well, right. So, totally the, yeah, I was. I'm kind of on. I'm on the fence here after you said what you said because I was like six figures, man. That's a good paycheck. However, you don't want your uh, trademark tarnished with doing work like that. So, I, what? Yeah, then he'll be the flat earther guy. And, yeah, what, Steph? Steph? Steph will take the job. So just, you, yeah. just send the contract over to Steph. She'll That's a whole <clears throat> like endless source of leads. You take that and then you're like relegated to flat earthers, which is an alarming amount of people. And you're the guy, you know? Yeah, I'm just yeah. saying. You could change yeah. career from slumlordess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> from what? Y'all ain't got no kind of sense this morning. It's real. <laughs> Yes, I did use a double negative. <laughs> I only use that I term because that I'm actually helping for... a neighbor right now against their quote-unquote slumlord. They have this lady that owns their, their rental property, and there's, like, water coming from the roof, dripping into their residence on their bed, and she will not fix anything in this house. It is unbelievable. Wait, okay. Um, in the state of Florida, does she have the right to put her rent in escrow until the repair is done with the municipality? Yeah, so that's what, that's what okay, I, yeah, I, I, that. I, I'm turning them on to my real estate attorney, and he's going to arrange all that for them. They don't even the need to do that. They, they call the municipality, and they say, <clears throat> hey, I have this problem. I'm going to pay you my rent, 
and uh, then they'll start fining the landlord until it's done. And then an eviction can't go through because they're current on rent. Yeah. So these, yeah, they don't even need the attorney. These poor that. folks are—they're scared of their own shadow stuff. So I'm just having to gently walk them through it. Yeah, By the way, win. Chris, I'm that on my awesome. way to your state. You are. I'm headed, yes, I'm on my way to Panama City. Oh, that's really far away from me. I am, but I'm on my way to your state. I might come okay. to your town. I don't know. <laughs> Panama City is like like 400 miles from me. <laughs> My wife just laughed when she heard that. <laughs> what's what city you in again, Chris? I'm in Orlando, in your, man. You guys, in your, in your, in your, oh, okay. I want to come. I, okay, when I come see you, we go to Epcot Center in Disney World. All right. Well, Disney we'll, World. Either that, or we'll go go. I'll take you and your lovely wife to dinner. How about that? That sounds good. That's somewhere not endorsed by the Devil Mouse. Oh my I, heard, I heard they were boycotting Florida. How is that working? Who's boycotting Florida? So one of my clients like, we're gonna the community, the LGBT community is boycotting Florida. Are you guys feeling the effects? No, because like half of Disney, like half, like eighty percent of Disney is LGBT people. Like no, the only LGBT people boycotting boycotting Florida are the ones that, like, it's like two states. Like, everyone else is like, yeah, let's go to Florida. Has anyone heard anything about Key West ever? No one in the LGBT community is boycotting Key West. Yeah. I know that the, I know that the SLPC put out some kind of a thing about Florida as well. And that well, like, failed. One of, yeah, and like, uh, what was it, like two months ago? Like, one of the, the big, I, I forget, it was like, um, uh, I'm going to mess it up, but it was either LGBT or one of the, um, oh gosh, what was it? It was like one of the like racial organizations. I, I forget which one, but it was like um, a black guy saying how black people need to be scared of Florida and boycott Florida and don't come to Florida. And it's like their, their president or spokesperson or something. Um, it was this black guy saying that, like Florida's so racist, but he lives in Tampa. <laughs> and, and there's like all these pictures of him like just partying it up, living his life while he's telling other people that it's so racist, don't come here. I'm like, wow. <laughs> so yeah, it's I mean it's an example of people saying one thing and doing another. I mean that that is our you know people in power. Yeah. There's a news cycle. It's short, but it it's silly. We were talking about Jesus a little bit ago. Everyone bored with that conversation? Yeah, I mean that or slum or <laughs> I just need a, I need a better word for like the lady version of Lord because it's just lady. That just sounds. It's just not. I don't know. It's not <laughs> cool or descriptive enough to say like lady. You know. You no, like slum lordess. That's great. That's perfect. Right, I well, mean, that I'm may be the greatest thing you've off. ever said. <clears throat> Mistress. That's, I may have the wrong. It's just getting wrong, a um, weird. I'm not going to call Steph anything near. <laughs> whoa, whoa! Wait a minute. Why are we? Why is this me? Why am I the slum lady? <laughs> yeah. No, the slum You're the slum Why? Do you have? I, I assume did did you have a rental property or something? Like I I get that's what I was assuming. Do you not? Yeah, Chris. Why am I? What? What? What did I do to you today? Woke up. I mean. I 
woke up Arminian. Up your, <laughs> yeah, you showed up with your Evanescence icon. <laughs> oh, God. I just saw someone with Mike Tyson, his face on the Evanescence body. I saw and it was that. like, the meme was like, Evanescence. I'm like, wow, that's like things you would think, but never say to that guy. Listen, I work with a lot of slumlords. That's like my job. Uh, but I am not one myself. Thank you. I've seen some things, man. All right. Slumlordus enabler. Well, no, adjacent. I always try to prevent it. <laughs> Slumlord adjacent. That's uh, great. I am adjacent, unwillingly adjacent to the slumlords. Yeah. <laughs> I'm selling this property right now that is super cheap because it's in bad condition. It has students in it. And I have all these people from New York City who want to buy it because they just saw that it's three units for $160,000. And I'm telling them, no, they can't put any offers in until they see it. So I could make a quick buck here and I won't. So if there's an opposite to Slumlord Enabler, that's me. The, okay. The preventer. You, 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 you got your Christian bona fides for one more day, I suppose. I'm like the last defense that upstate New York has against like this New York City slumlord takeover. And I'm it's a one woman fight, you guys. You would you would think that the state of New York would have some vested interest in not promoting slumlords. No, no, see what they do is they kick them all out of New York City and they send them upstate along with all of their homeless people and illegal immigrants. This is like a thing that they export them. So one of the cities I work in, Binghamton, is like a, a is like a city that's what do you call that? Like a sanctuary city for specifically homeless people in New York City. So what they do is they put the homeless on a bus, give them a free ticket, send them to Binghamton with no plan, no one on the receiving end, and that's the end of that. And they've been doing that for about fifteen years. Oh, that's so funny because if you listen to the you know the ruling elite in New York, they would say that you know everyone is welcome there. And then they just export them out. That's hilarious. Yeah, look it up. They've been doing this, and it's mainly Binghamton and Albany that are the receptors because those are the first two cities out of New York on the highways. So yeah, I mean Binghamton also is the largest drug problem because that's you know their their folks are getting exported out of New York that have drug problems, and they're bringing their nice fancy, you know, drugs from Queens to Binghamton. It's horrible. Wait, is there like? more fancy versions of drugs than other <clears throat> drugs? Yes. Designer drugs? Yeah, well, like, or they're like, like what's a fancy with... drug and what's like a crappy drug? Well, crack and coke? They start like fancy, I guess. Yeah, crack and coke. There you go. That's a great example. Brought to you by the 80s before Steph was born. Yeah, but it's mainly heroin. It's all heroin with a lot of lace. Yeah. You know a lot about illegal drugs for a young mother with a baby. I do because unfortunately I work a lot with CPS and I work a lot with like the municipality and lead and I do a lot of section eight DSS housing. So it's something that I just see all the time. Yeah, I've I've done rentals where the like the worst one I ever saw was there was a nursery and there was like a crack pipe on the changing tape like next to the crib. And that's I mean you just see that often enough that, you know, that happens. It's horrendous. There's a lot of people who live like that and we don't even know. Like, I didn't know that this existed until I started doing affordable housing. You know, and it's not a, it's like, it's not a slight against affordable housing. Um, it's like, there's such an economic 
there's such a gap. There, the, the economic strata in this country are so severe that it's like, I'll see the same thing in the inner city that I see if I'm doing leasing in a trailer park. It's like the same exact problems, right? And so it's just this horrible thing that nobody talks about. But there are a lot of people who don't see a problem with that because it's generational. And, you know, yeah, the, the unifying factor is income and surroundings. It, there's, you know, that's just universal. It doesn't matter what your skin color is or what language you speak. It's like income and the income of people around you. Well, you're depressing. Yeah. Yay, Sorry. Bro. I mean, hey, if you're going to call me a slum lady, then, you know, they're going to get the lecture. Slordess. Slum lordess. Lordess. <laughs> okay. Sorry. You should make an evidence and song about it. Hey, Brad. What's up, Brad? Welcome. Hey, man. I, I was just going to say that since Stephanie is a slumlordess, I would like to move to New York, please. <laughs> yeah, see? There you go. I'm the nicest slumlordess there ever was. Oh, yeah. Can your friends get, like, hookups? Like, can you give us, like, some, you know, discount slum prices or something? <laughs> um. Yeah, I have, I have a lot of friends who come to me if they're looking for an apartment or something, and then I have landlords who will cut them a deal because I can vouch that they're going to be a really good tenant. Yeah. That's about as far as my discounts go. Though. I want to make sure it's a place I definitely will not get murdered in like the first three months. That's only one of my, I work in three markets and only one of them is like that, but it's also my favorite market. It's like the one that I like working in the most. Wait, murder. Row? I like working with the murder. You love the murder. Yeah. <laughs> I do. I do. You know what? I will tell you that I will choose working with section eight tenants all day i'm on i'm on my way to do a section eight house right now i will work with section eight tenants all day long joyfully over working with cornell professors cornell professors are the absolute worst people on earth and i hate them. like i haven't met a good one i hate them so yes i will smile on my way to the murder capital in every christian day. love yes i hate them in christian love i hate talking to them that's the more accurate yeah i hate talking to You're them. i hate working with them from the foundation of the world to enjoy working I was not. Like dislike to the point of death, but not hate. No, not no. I just like it's a lot of eye rolling. Why are you like this? Why are they like that? Give some examples. Like you say, um, here's here's a showing. Let me give you the showing, and then they say, you're so dumb and ignorant because you weren't my student. Or like, what's their? I don't know. That's my Chris voice. Sorry, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> So, like, what's an example of their um, eye rolling? Like, well, it's, you know, it's like a it's like a constant sneering, like you know. Okay, so so we're gonna go negotiate on an investment property, right? And they have like four degrees, and I'm explaining to them how the market works and what we should offer and why. Um, and they're like, oh well. I've been watching the market for the past two months and I disagree with you. And here's why it's like, they don't take advice. They'll tell you about how much more they glaze over when you're talking to them. And I'll be like, look, I, I literally have a terminal degree in this and I've been doing it for 10 years. Like I, I know what I'm talking about, but if you want to lowball this property in an extremely competitive market and have them spit in your face, then let's do it. And then I do what they want me to do because that's what I'm ethically obligated to do. And then they go, wow, that, you know, you really should have given us some stronger advice there. It's just, it's this constant, like, nothing is ever their fault. 
you know, they always know better than you. They will not take direction and they do not take advice. I mean, my, my section eight tenants are just like so happy. Like they're just, they're just easy to work with. You know, I don't know. It's like just the more degrees somebody has, the more I can't stand working with them. That's you should it. read some like pop psychology books to like figure out how to like, you know, put them in like a, a little psychological ball um, and, and make their degrees like an education worthless. Like, oh, yes, I appreciate, you know, all of your like, you know, BS degrees. But this is why it's completely useless in this field. And I, I don't know, like, yeah. do like some kind of mind games with them. So they're yes, like, oh, I'm no, sure. I don't know which way is up. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you can try to do that in sales. It, it gets tricky because at the end of the day, like if I step out of line and don't do the, like my license is always on the line in the state, because in New York people, if you're licensed in anything, people can like call up a hearing for no reason. So some of it is like, if they feel that I didn't serve their best interest they will call my license into question, which has actually happened to me four different times. So it's, it's just, it's just tricky. I just avoid <laughs> Chris There's is looking for that number right now. I was going to say, we're all of the complainers Calvinists. <laughs> no, they're all devout, devout atheists, leftists. It'll be like... Are they mutually you know, exclusive? Okay, they will have the... They're the people that have, like, the equality flags flying out front. But then if they see affordable housing next door to a, pro a place that they're looking at, they'll go, ew, no. Oh, my God. Why would I live here? It's, like, a lot of that, too. Like, this not in my backyard, you know... Like I'm all for illegal immigration and so happy about it. But then if there is an affordable housing unit on the block, you know, they just won't even look at the property. It's, I, don't, I just hate working with them. They're just very annoying. Oh my gosh. Hey, Did good. What's up? Good. Oh. Sorry to derail this. Let's see if there's a question about Jesus. What's up? Good. How are you? Oh, good morning. I, I did have a, a question. Um, I didn't want to interrupt, interrupt you guys though. So. Please do. Oh, I just wanted to see, Nate, if I could get your understanding on a particular verse, um, if you'd be so kind. It's uh, John 20, verse 28 and 29, if you just give me your understanding of that. John 20, verse 28 and 29. John 20, 28 and 29. Let's see. Have I got that right? John 20, 28 and 29? Uh, yes. Yeah. Yes, please. Thomas answered him. My Lord and my God, Jesus said to him, have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have seen and yet have believed. My understanding is Jesus is God and Thomas saw and he believed. How, how deep do you want to go with that one? Oh, just as, as, as only I don't want to push anyone or uh, uh, your, uh, just as deep as you folks can um, impart to me for my um, edification. Um, it seems to me um, that that was... Thomas answering and calling Jesus his Lord and my God in verse 28. Um, and I was just making sure I understood that it was the case that the apostles believed that Jesus was God. Yes, I believe your understanding is correct. Correct. Appreciate that. Thank you so much. You want to expand on that a little more, uh, Father Chris? Um, yeah, this is actually the, the culmination, this is the climax verse of John, right? And so in John 1 through, you know, John, in the, in the prologue, the first chapter of John, we get all of the statements about who Jesus is, 
his eternality, etc. Um, and then this is and get the five I am statements in the scripture. I'm, I'm sorry, five I am statements in John. And then this is the last and the culmination of all of the statements of Jesus being God. And so when you see like John 8, 58, 8, 28, uh, you see John 10, um, John 17, etc., etc. Um, you know, you're going to see these I am statements all through there. Um, and what what Jesus is doing is showing, not just claiming to be God, but showing to be God. And that's what the author is doing here in these verses as well. Um, you know, the, my favorite I am one is, <laughs> is people miss this one. When Jesus is being arrested, they say, are you uh, Jesus of Nazareth? And he says, I am. And then they all fall back and fall on the ground when he says this. And it's right there in John, and people skip over it, and they just they don't think about it. And it's you where, know, such Where is that? Let's, let's read that real quick. Yeah. wonder if AI can find it faster than you. Well, you're going to win. You can't even get to it fast enough. I mean, it's John 18. I just don't remember the address off the top of my head. <clears throat> All right, let's see here. It's, uh, sorry, yeah, it's John 18. Five and six. Ha <laughs> ha. Machine beats man. All right. John. At the same time. Yeah, but I took like 30 seconds to even get to the app to ask it. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> all right. <clears throat> Let's just read from 18 because it's only four extra verses. Hey, by the way, I may not be dying, sounding like I'm like gurgling like my like death rose much longer. I, I finally made an appointment to go see a doctor about why I continue to like hack my hack my brains out um and cough all the time so we'll be taking care of that this week unless oh, they're like great. oh no you're stuck this is the way it ends oh. for you back up okay well great sorry all right probably gonna tell you to eat some meat man be like be normal and have a hamburger yeah. and we'll be they're gonna be all like nate the cure <laughs> for your cough is bacon <laughs> um okay when jesus had spoken these words he went I, I do with, have uh, a follow with his up disciples i do a follow-up when you're done i'm sorry sure sure uh this will be quick when Jesus had spoken these words, he went out with his disciples across the brook Kidron, where there was a garden, which he and his disciples entered. Now Judas, who betrayed him, also knew the place where Jesus had often met there uh, with his disciples. So Judas, having procured a band of soldiers uh, and some officers from the chief priests and the Pharisees, went there with lanterns and torches and weapons. Then Jesus, knowing all that would happen to him, uh, came forward and said to them, Whom do you seek? They answered, Jesus of Nazareth. He said to them, I am he. Judas, who betrayed him, was standing there. When Jesus said to them, I am he, they drew back and fell to the ground. <laughs> That's nice. So he asked them again, who do you seek? And they said, Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus answered, I told you that I am he. Uh, so if you seek me, let these men go. This was to fulfill. Yeah. That, uh, you know, I wonder if they're going to make a big deal of that in The Chosen. I wonder if they'll overlook that or if they'll so, have an epic scene when they get to the point. Yeah, go ahead. Good. Yeah. So my follow-up question um, was also in, in John there as I was uh, – anyway. Uh, John 1 um, 
John 1 verse 12. Uh, and essentially my question for you is, uh, as a believer, are you a child of the Father or a child of God? And, and I'm referring to that verse I just read a moment ago, uh, that being uh, John um uh, John 20, 28, and 29, where we establish, obviously, that Jesus is God. In, for instance, there's several verses, but let's just use John 1 and 12, where it says, But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. And uh, as believers, are you a child of the Father God or a child of Jesus, Lord God? Which Which one... Am I a child of, or are believers a child of? You're dividing it up one layer uh, more than necessary of God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, God, the being God, that the triune being, God, creator of the universe, that's who you're a child of. Um, if you want to get really, uh, yeah, I mean, that, that's the answer. Like, even if you wanted to whittle it down and say, you know, my sheep and my sheep uh, know my voice, you could say, you know, if sheep are children, then is it Jesus' children? But I think that would be incorrect. Like when it says children of God, that means children of Father, Son, Holy Spirit, the entire encompassing being of God. Do you concur, Chris? Yep. Just, I, I, hope, I, I think I understood <clears throat> that I'm a child of all three. Sure, so, because all three are God. Right. One in essence, three in person. But only one, one of them person. is my only one of them is my father. All three are my father? All three persons are my father? Well, in, in a certain sense, yes. So when we talk about the father, that's not an ontological distinction. That's an economic distinction of the functions the Trinity has assigned to itself. And so when we talk about God, quote-unquote God, we're talking about all three persons of the Trinity. One in essence, three in person. So when... When we're talking about God ontologically, he is inseparable. When we're talking about God economically, he is three separate distinct persons. Does that make sense? Uh, it does. I'm just hoping that you would apply that to my prayer life. I'm not sure if I'm praying ontologically or economically, but when I'm praying from a psychological or a spiritual thought process, if you will, if I can put it in that context, uh, when I'm praying and, and I'm praying to the Father— um, should I be considering three beings as my father or three per, or one as my father? Well, no, I'm confused. So, so you pray to father, like Jesus prayed to the father, in Jesus' name. Again, it's one God. It doesn't. It literally doesn't matter. Now, the Holy Spirit will always point people to Jesus. So you never see people praying to the Holy Spirit. You can see people praying in the Holy Spirit to the Father in Jesus' name. This is part of the inter-Trinitarian communion. This is how we we are instructed to pray. Jesus literally gave us an instruction how to pray, and it was our Father who art in heaven, right? Um, and so when the, when the disciples asked him, how do we pray? He laid it out for us, and then he, we do it in Jesus' name. Pretty simple. No, 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 that part is, uh, uh, I understand. You're absolutely right about that, 100%. That part I can grasp. Um, I, what I was, where I got hung up was where we left off a moment ago, suggesting that I can see all three persons as, because I'm a child of all three persons, 
Yes. I'm a child of... No? Yes? No, that's not how that works. So when you say father, and I'll put this in the comments so you can read it, but I'm just going to repeat what I wrote in the comments. Father can be taken in two ways, essentially or notionally. Essentially, we can refer to God simply as father since he created us and he's the initiator of our salvation. But notionally, we only refer to one person as the father because of his place in establishing covenants and his place as the monarch and Lord over a covenant. So if we refer to his place in the covenant and his place as the first person in the Trinity and his place as the Lord over a household, so to speak, as the you know originator of a covenant, then we only have one person as our father. But when we take father essentially, which refers to him as creator, Lord of all things that are created, so on and so forth, then the three persons may be referred to as father on account of having one essence. So it's all it's all just a matter of how you use the term father. Right. The term father can be taken equivocally. And and my so, question is then, during prayer, how should I take the word the term father? In those two scenarios you've given me, and during prayer time, which one applies? Yeah. When we it just again, it depends. So the most common usage and the way that we see Jesus use the term father when he prays refers to the first person of the Trinity, the monarch, right? So we say, you know, our father who art in heaven, referring to the first person of the Trinity. So that's how we understand it. Okay. Most common. Yeah. So, so during prayer time, first person in the Trinity praying to the father, though I am a child of Jesus because I'm a child of God and he is God. So I am a child of him. But I'm not praying to him as the father. I'm praying to the father as the father during prayer. Got it. Thank you. Good morning, Tyler. How's it going? Good morning. Um, doing all right. I uh, just see, I don't know, just came in here to see what's cracking, I guess. How y'all doing? Good, good. I think we may need a topic. <laughs> yeah. Well, how was y'all Sunday yesterday? My Sunday was good. How, how was uh, your Sunday? Mine was pretty good as well. Um, I ended up... Uh, I like to go to the evenings. I didn't go yesterday. I did some reading instead. But I can make up for that because tomorrow the General Assembly for my Presbytery, or not the General Assembly, my bad, my Presbytery is meeting at my church and they're going to have a worship service after they meet up. So I'm probably going to go to that tomorrow. Yeah, we've been really good about attendance, but and we usually go on Saturday evenings, um, but we, we didn't. And um, we just... Yeah, we we just didn't, and then we Sunday morning I I listened online while I was at the gym, so we didn't physically attend, but uh, we had a pretty good track record. Steph, how was your uh, Sunday on the range? It was so good. We went up to see my parents, and the kids swam in their pool, and we had a campfire, and it was great. I don't get to see them that often, so it was lovely. I, I didn't hear anything about asking. church in there. <laughs> I did not attend. No, my my atheist parents don't do church. No, so 
You know, I have um, I have a friend that's trying to get me to like like they they're in dire need of musicians in their church, and it's like a super super small like church. I guess it's got like fifty people in it, and you know it's only got one pastor, so there's no issue of like you know man and woman pastor. Like there is only one pastor, and it's a dude, um, and they're trying to get me to go. But like the church I currently go to, I've been there for been there for years ever since we've pretty much been in Florida, and I really like this church. It's like you know big and has all the bells and whistles and like you know. Um, stuff like that and we've also got other of our neighbors to like start going there so they like regularly attend with us um, except there are you know women pastors on the staff and uh, every now and then you know they'll like get up and you know like actually preach too so that's been kind of rubbing me extra the wrong way and I'm like well the alternative is go to this place with like 50 people who I guess I would be one of the musicians and I know, right? Like I'm focusing on everything a good Christian shouldn't focus on. But anyway, that's my uh, current conundrum. And it's like, well, then if I go, then I got to like appeal to the people who I got to go to this church in the first place and, you know, give my reasons why I would not be going there anymore. And uh, then they probably would continue going there. Um, anyway, so that's my conundrum. I have been a part of small churches that I have really loved. There's, I don't know, there's something about a small church. In fact, I've actually only attended a church that was larger than 4,000 people for a pretty short period of my life. I really like small churches. So maybe it's worth a try. See, I'm the other way because I'm kind of, I'm kind of like, yeah, I, I don't like small churches. Um. Why not? Are you like a sneak in, sneak out kind of guy? Yes. Yeah, I mean, you could still do that in a small church. It just is a little tricky. Like, oh, hey, brother Nate. Oh, what, why, why are you running? Why are you running? He's, he's going out the door. <laughs> he's pulling out in the parking lot. <clears throat> it's, it's not you, it's me. What's up? Come back. Yeah, isn't this the, called like the Irish goodbye? Yes. Like, <laughs> I employ yeah, that very you often. Perfect. Birthday parties, yeah, everything. Perfect fit. Except if I gotta like play music, then I gotta like you know go collect my collect my gear and stuff. I don't know. Do I, that I after know. lunch. Follow me and my family go to lunch. Bye. I was wondering why Chris didn't chime in because he wasn't here. I hesitate hesitate to tell him now. Vic, you're oh. a bad Christian, Nate. I would have gone the moment that happened. What? What? what I, I, I like small because it, it's fun to like get to know people and pester them. See, Brad, I would be one of the people you were getting. To, I would be one of the people you'd be getting to know to pester me. Yep, yep, that's right. I'd be like, why are you always sneaking out? You're like a car. See? What are you doing that for? That's why What's I don't go to small churches. Whoa, dude! Like, what's going on right now? Okay, I was telling I was telling the people. Someone said something that my conundrum, it recently is. Uh, I, I have a friend here that's trying to get me to like play play uh, bass and drums and stuff, like you, you know, as needed for their church because it's a church of like fifty people. There's only one pastor, so it's a dude pastor, no one else. And but it's like 50, 50 people. It's very very small. Um, apparently, the preaching is biblical. Don't know if it's engaging or anything like that, but apparently they say it's biblical. So anyway, um, so they're trying to get me to go there. And I've been going to this current church I'm going to. It's got like, you know, probably, probably like a thousand, fifteen hundred people. I mean, so I mean, it's not huge as far as like 
big churches go. But I mean, you know, it's a lot bigger than 50. So, and they have multiple services. So each, each service, there's probably like a couple hundred people. Um, anyway, but I've been going there for like six years, like ever since I lived in Florida. And I've gotten other people in my community to also start going to that church. So like we all regularly attend together. Um, anyway, so they also have women pastors on staff and more and more frequently, they're starting to like edge them in to like, you know, preach during services, which is more and more rubbing me increasingly the wrong way. So I'm like, okay, well, that's my conundrum. So, I mean, of course, the godly answer will be like, well, there you go. Go to the 50-person church. But I, I, this is kind of like Steph and Resident Evil, right? She knows the answer. She's just trying to, like, think of every reason not to do, not to take the answer. Wait, is Resident Evil... I mean, Final what? Fantasy, my bad. The, Final Fantasy. Is Resident Evil what the Cornell professors call Steph? <laughs> <laughs> no, they just call me like an uneducated redneck or, you know, that's what they probably say behind my back. It's fine. They go to the small church. Just try it. Go yeah. one week and don't commit to music. Like, that's the other thing. You don't have to immediately step into all of the roles. Go and pray and be with your family. Well, honestly, and go that's the appealing part is the music. <laughs> well, okay. I mean, except they don't have to go to church on Sunday. And uh, it means I have to wake up on Sunday. Uh, Steph was talking I, about I, I hear how I sound right now It's not lost on me, I, I hear it I know uh, I gotta go to the cross <laughs> I wanna sleep in I just gotta fight the Catholics who say you must worship on Sunday or what? Well, no, they worship Okay, whatever, I don't know about that Because they do Friday yeah, stuff Catholics wow, do it all the time to Chris, like you're, you're saying that you do Saturdays As an anti-Catholic maneuver Just to shut Chris up this is, your negotiation style is actually pretty impressive. I'm taking notes. Of it. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty good. Quick, if 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 you like got busted or something, he would bail real quick. Oh, I'd bail Nate out of jail just for the satisfaction of having bailed Nate out of jail. Yeah, he'd owe you one. We'll do it. We'll yeah, do a, that'd be sweet. Do I have a room on it? <laughs> oh yeah. Come here, how I bailed Nate out of jail. The big. Oh, you say you can be forgiven for anything, you Christians. You can do blah, 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 and you don't have to take responsibility for your sin because your Sky Daddy fairy helps you out. I'm like, well, still had to get bailed out of jail now, didn't I? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, so wait, so, you're, so <laughs> your church is having... So is this why you've been asking about Lady Preachers lately is because your church has been platforming Lady Preachers? No, I haven't been the reason that's usually introduced that topic. It's like everyone but me. But you know, I run no. with it. Uh, but no, no, but then, that's not the reason why. Um, also, okay. Nate but then that like has he... been happening at your church, though, right? Yeah, and it's like the more the more people talk about it. Maybe it's like when you focus on a red car, all you see is red cars uh, because your your mind is like geared that way. So it's like yeah, I mean, you know, there's there's there's, <laughs> there's <laughs> always been <laughs> like, and most of the churches I've been, there's always been like women pastors. But you know, it's like they were, you know, because I'm kind of you know fade in, fade out of the mist, like you know just you know don't really engage a whole lot uh, like church the, the church like leadership is not something front and center because i just go to the service do my part and you know peace out um but there's always been like you know women pastors on staff to some capacity and every now and then like you know they they would give a message like I, i'm not talking about this one i'm talking about, like all over all over the country like whenever we've you know been to churches hello um anyway yeah hang on uh hello yeah hold on Anyway, so you, you got to mute when you're not speaking because that's a lot of feedback and you're getting me killed at Fortnite. Let me just mute you real quick. Uh, anyway, so um, 
it's never really been front and center. Anyways, now because these people are talking about like uh, women pastors in these rooms, and then uh, they're also platforming women pastors more and more, it's becoming more front and center. And I'm like, ah, this is like getting to a red line. That's so, so, so Nate, I, ha- I had a, I had a thought. So, like, you like the big churches because you like to go in and out. You're like, uh, what? what I mean, that's not the only co- reason. It, is it is it cousin Eddie on National Lampoon's uh, vacation? Cousin Eddie that comes in with the with the with the um, oh the motorhome and the dog and all that. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna start calling you cousin Eddie because see, like in in the church, it's a family. So so like when you come in, you're like visiting for the holidays, and then you like to slip out. See, make an appearance and slip out. Sure, uh, Mister. What's up? what's up, Mister? And skinny, I don't know how I'm over the top. Of, oh, wow, that was so quick. Well, I invited. Well, he was about to. His name was Mr. Arse, so I don't. I didn't have high hopes. Yeah, I didn't have I high hopes like... for that one. <laughs> so, so yeah, I mean, like, here's the thing. I mean, everybody has different convictions, but I'll say this again because people love hearing it. Um, if your church has lady pastors you no longer belong to a church because your lampstand has been removed and your group has been turned over to Satan. Okay, hang on. So I know you have a penchant for going super fire and brimstone super quick. Let's vet your sources. So I'm familiar with, you know, the revelation of removing of lampstands off the top of my head. I don't remember women pastors being one. So, so tie together because, you know, they've left their first love or like, like make your case for the lampstands and revelation being removed because of chick pastors yeah i mean if you're directly going against the commands of christ i.e first timothy 2 12 then your lampstand's going to get removed and so a woman pastor is 100 percent a lampstand removal um you know and and you can see it elsewhere in revelation where jesus demands that they get rid of that jezebel in revelation 2 um, Do you think that's a spirit that or is, a physical woman? Nope, that's a physical woman. Then is her name Jezebel? That's a physical woman. No, she is just, you know, like Jezebel in the Old Testament. And Jesus is demanding her removal or he will remove their lampstand. So get women pastors. You have had your lampstand removed. What's up, Nosa? Hi. Hi, Nate. Hi, Chris. Hi, Steph. Hi, Brad. Uh, yeah, I just came into the room and I heard what Chris was saying and a little bit of what you said. Uh, and I, I have a question, if, if that's all right. Sure. Okay. Um, uh, Chris, like, what would you define a church as? Like, if you say a church, what what's your definition of the church? So there is local congregations, which are pretty self-explanatory, right? Um, and then there is the universal church. And so when we're talking about removing a lampstand, we're talking about from a local church, not from the universal church. Okay. So, um, but how would you differentiate a church from, let's say a gathering of, uh, of three people? A church will have a, uh, designated set of elders that is chosen from amongst the congregation as the instructions in uh, Timothy and Titus point out. 
Okay, so if there are no designated uh, set of elders in any group of people that also do almost everything a church does, you can't call that a local church, right? I mean, if if they're com going against the direct command of scriptures to choose out elders, then I don't think you can call it a church. Like, if you have people that rebellious that are going against the scriptures, why would why would we bother to call it a church? Okay, so the word elders there, do you are you just referring to someone who is well? Uh, for example, I I don't know how old you are, but when I hear the word elders, I think of really old people. So would you classify yourself no. or myself as an elder? No, elders can be any age. Um, in fact, we see Timothy being an elder, and it says, do not let them despise you for your youth. So, yes, an elder is simply someone who is well-learned in the scriptures that has the responsibility to teach and is Christ's representative to that local flock. When we see in Revelation, Revelation 1 through 3 is written to the angel at the church of such and such. Those angels are not actually angels. They are the pastors of those churches. They are the, the elder of that church. So whenever the Bible talks about, like, why, why um, I'm with you, I'm just wondering, like, um, you know, the woman thing, I'm with you. But then if we're going to be sticklers on that, like, you know, husband of one wife really means exactly that, not less, not more. Um, then whenever it gets to terminology, are you equally as stringent on that? Like where it says, uh, you know, an elder or, you know, like uh, whatever the terms are, I may miss one. You can correct me. But, you know, uh, for, for pastors, it says like, you know, what, what are the terms? Just answer that real quick. Like there's bishop, like there's like three things that you say all mean pastor. What what are those terms? Real quick? Bishop, elder, pastor. It's all the same. Overseer. Overseer. Okay. There's all kinds of words that have right. been translated that stuff. Okay. So would you say it's translation? So someone says, I'm a pastor. Um, why wouldn't you say, no, no, you have to be called an overseer or a bishop because pastor is not in the Bible. So why, why would well, you be okay with, because it's a, just a translated word and it doesn't really matter because it means the same doesn't thing. doesn't really matter. Okay. Yeah, and this, I mean, we're not a stickler for language. And then so we're a stickler for the office. And then so for elder, would you say deacon is, is a transliteration or synonymous? Like deacon means elder? No. Deacon is deacon is a different office. But you see this in Acts. Okay. Right. So I they're underneath okay. elders. So okay. deacons are deacons are there to serve the church in whatever capacity that the church needs. Okay, because I haven't heard you talk a lot about that. Maybe I, I haven't uh, been listening too much, but I, I thought you only said like there's like basically pastor and elders. Have you always thrown like the office of deacon in there? And I just don't remember. I mean, we just really haven't talked about the office of deacon. Um, it was more used, um, you know, throughout church history for different uses, um, not teaching pastors and things like that. You don't see a requirement for a deacon to be able to teach. You see a requirement for a deacon to be able to serve. So like, for instance, we have, uh, we have elders in our church that do hospital ministry and stuff like that. Technically, that would be more akin to a deacon. See, uh, Felix is saying deacon equals minister, but does minister equal pastor or a different type of ministry? But uh, Chris, okay, so um, you put elders synonymous with pastors, though. So does that mean um, does that mean like staff pastors are elders? Like that? That's what you're saying. If someone says I'm a staff pastor, you hear that as I'm an elder. Yep. Yeah. Okay, so. Okay, and then. 
it, they can preach alongside the the pastor of the church. They can preach alongside if they need to. And then there's so, so there could be like if it's only a one pastor church, uh, like one main pastor church, and you wouldn't say there's a staff pastor. There's just not a, a reason for that. Then you would say the elders, although technically pastors, um, they don't have to serve a pastoral role. No, no, no. So pastor is simply another appellation for a teaching elder. You know, so you've got elders and then you've got the the ones that are actually like running and leading the church. You know, they can be called pastors because they're the under shepherd of the church. But elders are people who keep the pastor accountable and can fill in and all kinds of other things. And it depends on the tradition that you're in. So, so, you know, I think Presbyterianism has it has church government probably the closest to biblical and when we talk about like the church the church board and stuff like that uh how you know the board does things and the board does this um are you saying that the church board assuming you go that far is basically a council of all the elders and there shouldn't be someone on the board who is not an elder correct yes i'm understanding the mind of chris moore I mean, there were only two offices given. I don't know. Maybe Tyler's got some insight. Well, three you talked about. Bishop that is used with Bishop is used interchangeably with Presbyterian. Correct. Yeah. Bishop, overseer, presbyter, they're all the same thing. Um, okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, just with the, the reason why I was asking those questions and bringing out the word, uh, the word elder there, it's just like um, if you have the, the size of your congregation, does it actually do anything to uh, to state if that's a church or not? Because I think you said a church is a group of people who have uh, bring uh, who have brought up elders from their midst who are like those elders are well learned and they lead the congregation. So does the number actually impact in any way if it's like four people or if it's like a thousand people, a million, a billion people? Does that uh, change anything? So I, th- I think no. a better way to yeah right a better a better way to ask that question for like the the most minimal is what is the minimum number of people that can make a biblical yes. church? And I think it's two yes. right. You'd have to have the pastor. Then if it says elders, if we're being really critical, I mean elders is plural, so that would be the other person. And where two or three are gathered in my name, I'm in their midst. So I mean. Would anyone challenge that, like the minimum amount? <laughs> I mean, no one would want a two-person church. But just saying, in the interest <laughs> of biblical adherence, two people could fulfill that, right? You have a pastor, and you have an elder. And that's two people. Yeah, I, I, I would that, agree with that, to be honest. Everyone good with that? Chris, is there some ancient heresy I'm, I've uncovered I mean, right now? Or? The early church had prescriptions for all this stuff, so you see it written down. As yeah. to what makes up a church, there were more, there were more appellations than that. There Tyler. are signs and marks of a church: discipline, sacraments, word, people in authority who are beyond above reproach, things like that. But pretty. Oh, much, oh no, no, no. We're, we're, well, sorry. I, I mean, yeah, we're not talking about all that stuff. We're talking about the the number. Of people, just the right? amount because of people. Because when, when you do like sacraments and all that, I mean, you know, the two people could do that. So, so this is just a numerical yeah. church. I mean, yeah, you would you would follow all the church prescriptions. But I mean, unless I'm missing something, it seems like worst case scenario, this could be fulfilled by two people. Yeah, I mean, in the early church, there would be like, this isn't quite as extreme as two people, but there would be like one elder and then like 
uh, 17-person congregation, stuff like that. Or like uh, the church I'm considering going to. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm thinking like, you know, I'm thinking like all these like persecuted areas and countries like, you know, there's there's probably like a bunch of eight and 10 person house churches. And I don't think anyone would would dispute that that's a fully functioning, you know, church. Um, so, I mean, that, that seems probably like the lowest end of the number that would that, you know, that would be realistic. I mean, we could be like, well, two people technically, but like whenever I think of like what's what's the very small church, like that's kind of what I think about about like persecuted people, so they gotta like meet in home churches and stuff like that. <laughs> Which is what we could all be doing at some point. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess so. So the follow up to that now would be, um, I'm just pushing aside a little bit and asking, is it, is it, um, I'll say dangerous or wrong for. Uh, this is not a church now for uh, a woman to lead like in prayers or something over uh, a group of people, one, two, fifty, a hundred, like just leading in prayers or teaching them, but not necessarily being called the head teacher or the elder, just teaching or Chris is talking say, and sharing. What yes. you if she does anything in a corporate formal setting, no matter what her title, no matter what anything, if there is a dude present, that's that's wrong because that's well, holding no, authority um, over what come on chris i think i got you figured out you're not going to say that's holding authority nuance. over a man there's nuance here prayer is not authority so prayer is simply everyone agreeing to the same things and so i don't have a problem with women praying in church um, I don't have a problem with women praying in a small group um, that is mixed, you know, of a bunch of husbands and wives. You know, my wife does that all the time. I mean, there's no reason that women can't participate in corporate prayer. Um, there's no reason that women can't do um, liturgical readings, for instance. Um, you know, I don't see a prohibition against that. Okay. Um, certainly in the early church, women would sometimes read out the letters if they were literate because there was, it, there was maybe a dearth of men that were literate. So in the early church, you have examples of women actually reading the epistles out loud. Um, again, I don't have a problem with that. I guess, so. well, do you have a problem with this? Because like, I'm, I'm thinking like, you know, the... The pastor that you, you totally agree is a biblically qualified pastor um, says, okay, everyone, thanks for church service. I would now like to have my wife come dismiss us in prayer. And she comes up on the pulpit on the stage and dismisses in prayer. Is that fine? Yeah, I mean, I think it's a little weird, but sure. Well, no, sir, I guess I'll let Chris speak for Chris from now on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I can't do that. I got to channel my inner Chris sometimes. Okay. Yeah, so... Um... Yeah, so if if that's okay for prayer, and and that's perfectly fine to me also, uh, I'm I'm happy with that. But um, now reading or explaining the word of God now, that's teaching. Now is that is that where you would draw the line and say, oh no, even in the smallest gathering, if there is a male there, uh, the woman should not teach the word of God. So again, when we're talking about, are we talking about a small group Bible study of just mixed adults? You know, that's fine. Everybody's just spouting opinions anyway. It's not like anybody's teaching. Should a woman by, be leading a small group Bible study as opposed to her husband? No. Um, you know, I mean, again, these things are nuanced. 
you know, when we're talking about reading the scripture, that's a different thing than teaching the scripture or exegeting the scripture. I know many women, they're fine exegetes, including my wife, who has a seminary degree, who can do it better than pretty much everybody on Clubhouse because people are illiterate here. Um, you know, present company accepted. But, you know, that, you know, she teaches other women. I mean, we keep trying to make up all of these exceptions to the rule when the rule is generally women should be in quiet submission to their husbands. When they are teaching, they should be teaching other women. When they are taking front and center roles in a group, it should be with other women. That's It's very simple. Yeah, I get that. I understand that. It's just because, um, as you said, there are nuances to this, these things. And I think the like the proclamation that you made when I just got into the room was very, very stern, not considering many nuances. Like, for example, if a woman happened to be teaching, uh, she teaching in a group where um, there is a there is a strange man, or it's a, there's a uh, it's supposed to be a group of their church members and there's a man who is not belonging to that church member at that church group would they should she just stop and now invite the man not knowing what the man has to offer to to come and teach or did they that, just end the day like, or tell them why, to leave why is she teaching a mixed group no 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 i said teaching a group of women and a man walks in you'd see it should she stop and say, everyone go home did not be involved in Bible studies with women. That's a recipe for disaster and rape and all kinds of things. Like, no. Like, men, no. There should be women-only spaces. Men do not get to just go wherever they like. If it's a women's Bible study and a man walks in and he wants to be part of the Bible study, that's a big fat no. Go away, weird dude. <laughs> Okay, okay, that's fine. Uh, then the last question, finally, for me is, uh, um, oh my God, I've forgotten this one. Yeah, it related to, okay, yes. Uh, uh, when, when, for example, like both of us are talking now and you're explaining parts of the scripture to me and maybe I explain parts of the scripture, how I understand it, do you think both of us are, are teaching each other? Uh, would you classify that as teaching? No, like that you can have conversations around. about the scripture without there being a formal teaching. If I bring out materials and I've studied ahead of time and I know how to exegete a passage and I'm going to lay it out for you, then I'm teaching you. If we're looking at a passage together, making observations about the passage, you know, and exegeting it at the same time, no one's teaching anybody. We're just going through the scripture together. And so that's a different situation than I have prepared a 40-minute lecture and I'm going to teach. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I, I promise that this is the last one. Do you, <laughs> would you agree with that? <laughs> would you agree with uh, a woman evangelizing to, uh, to a, a group of people or should she only evangelize sure. to women? No, she can, she, evangelism is anybody can do it. You're just, you're just teaching people the gospel there's nothing what to that. You know, the gospel is as simple that a child can understand. There's yes, absolutely so no reason. Emotions can swim and never reach the bottom. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's the, that's the beauty of the gospel. And we see this 
you know, in the scripture where there are women proclaiming the gospel. It's fine. Um, again, we have this, what our egalitarian friends want to do so desperately is that they want to conform to the ideas of modern third wave feminism so much that they will throw up every possible roadblock to try to come up with situations. I'm not saying you're doing this, Nosa, but they will try to come up with situations where they're trying to make it incredibly difficult to say that only a man can do X. And so that, I mean, that's very common in our culture, at least here in the States. Um, I'm not, I'm not sure where you're from, Nosa. Um, but you know, here in the States, there's every possible excuse to try to get away from biblical, biblical complementarianism that men and women have different roles, different responsibilities in the kingdom. And, and it's just that simple. Yeah, I, I am not from the States at all. Yeah. So, uh, and to be very, very frank, I, I somewhat agree with you. Yeah, but um, I, I just feel that um, there are some nuances where uh, I wouldn't say a I wouldn't say if, uh, that a woman should be, I would say the the head of a church, but I think in terms of uh, other secondary actions, like the way you said it's okay, oh, you believe it's okay for a woman to evangelize? It uh, evangelism is is sharing the gospel and teaching the people what they don't know or what they are, are confused about or what they don't understand. If a woman can do that and it would, and if it's seen as a great thing in the eyes of God, then I think there are some nuances where in the church uh, where a woman can handle uh, situations there, teach where there are men present. Yes. Yeah, so, but right. I would but say again, I would that, that goes against scripture. That, that directly, what you just said, goes directly against scripture. I do not permit a woman to teach or hold authority over a man. She must remain silent. Like, there's yeah, no room. There's no wiggle room. Remember. No, there are men and when you evangelize, if you're evangelizing to a group of people. But again, the, difference is, the difference is, in, well, the difference is like some woman, uh, you know, waving a Bible around on the corner of a supermarket. Um versus a corporate church structure so if it's not like church is the key uh, i think you're this is what you're missing this is it's it's not a woman in a mixed crowd it's specifically church so is she evangelizing on the corner during a corporate church gathering that would be bad but that's not what that is it's, it's evangelizing it's fulfilling the great commission which we're all called to do so that's fine but if that same environment all those people followed that woman to a church down the road she got up on the stand and was like, okay, this is an official church. Well, then it's bad. So it's not the woman thing. It's not the mixed audience thing. It's the church thing. So if it's done in a like official church capacity, that would be a violation. If it's not an official church capacity, then yeah, go share the gospel with people. Okay. Does that make okay. sense? And yeah, I am going to have to go it's there it's though because I, it's yeah, it's say, say a final thing. Yeah, no, no, that's that's as final, as final, but it was really good actually. Yeah, but uh, thanks, thanks, guys. Yeah, we yeah, I do have to run. Hey, real fast, this. everyone. Oh yeah, we're, <laughs> we're, we're talking about this. To do a seventh day on this. Oh, I'm uh, no, this is like the twentieth day. I, I'm going to change the podcast. It's going to be like, let's talk about women pastors. <laughs> like, I, I accept my fate. <laughs> oh my gosh, is this? Am I being judged? Is this judge God's judgment? Like, once once I once I get out of this church and go to the church where no women pastors are on staff, 
then um, no one will ask this question again. Yeah, is that what that's pretty much the deal? Yeah, you need. I mean, I don't want to be like. I mean, I don't want to be like testing God or anything, but I may give that a shot and see. Give it a shot. Uh, Real fast, everyone, check your PTRs. I I got a picture of my lazy dog doing lazy dog things. Tell me what you think about that, Chris. You don't have any pets, do you? That's a cute dog. Wait, I have a 13-year-old son. Ah, that's what everyone says. I, I need to find yeah. a way to monetize him. They're, they're like, that's Petey from the Little Rascals, or that's Spuds McKenzie. Like, he is not a Budweiser dog. Oh, man. Nate with the Bud Light dog? <laughs> All right. Gotta... You guys heard it here first. Nate's got the Bud Light dog. <laughs> Steph, you're back Steph just in time. Is you, see my you see my doggy up there? He's so cute. There's I have a, a question, though. <laughs> There's oh, always... But it's okay. not about the dog. Um, so, okay, I was hopping over a very rusty fence two days ago, and um, I cut, and you be quiet, I cut my leg, and it was bleeding, like, a lot, and so now I'm wondering, but, do I have to? Yes, get a tetanus shot. Get a tetanus shot, lady. Go, go, well, the go. The official position go. of Ask a Christian is, you know, do everything the government overlord says and medical professionals say. Um, but, I mean, realistically, I mean, you know, if you're feeling lucky, if you want to take a chance, was it rusty? Was it shiny stainless steel? Oh, yeah. Um, no, it was. <laughs> Steph. <laughs> Steph, come on. You, do you do you seriously want to be looking at your daughter when she's four years old and you're dying of lockjaw because you didn't want to go get a tetanus shot Except today? this is the thing. What if we can't trust our thing. we can't trust our medical professionals? enough anymore hey, to legit give the tetanus shot oh they're talking gosh. about putting like they're putting about they're talking about it they're talking about putting like vaccines in regular no, other shots they are not going to do that it's against fda but like listen go get a tetanus shot and yes no lockjaw is fatal lockjaw is 100 percent fatal there is no, no cure once not. you get it you look it up it is 100 okay, percent fatal tetanus isn't fatal so how I'm confused. Go look it up, please, and not on one of your hippie like, like frontier lady websites. Go look it up <laughs> at like WebMD, <laughs> not where you got your Angora bunny. Go to WebMD and look up tetanus, and like, please, 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 go get a tetanus shot. It, it takes no, like okay. 15 minutes, uh, and okay, so you just go to the urgent care. Just go to the urgent care wherever the. Wherever the so urgent care is in your town, just go there. Says, if you have not received a tetanus shot vaccine, with, uh, or your last booster shot was more than ten years ago, it is generally recommended to get a tetanus shot after potential tetanus-prone injury. The tetanus vaccine is an effective way to prevent tetanus infection. Blah blah blah. A healthcare healthcare professional will assess the wound and your vaccination history to determine if it is necessary. Um, uh, if a tetanus shot is recommended, it should be ideally administered within 72 hours of the ener- energy. How, how long? Oh, uh, I cannot talk today. How long has it been? I uh, forgot what you said. Um, Yesterday? It or? was Friday, yeah, so a little over 48. So, yeah, so, I mean, uh, yeah. So, yeah. obviously, everyone's going to... Uh, hang on, Brad, I'll give you the last word. So, everyone's going to say, you know, get your tetanus shot. Um I just wanted to make another point completely, totally unrelated to this, that yes, people are talking about doing things. It's like the informed consent from Nuremberg. Nuremberg. It's like people have got a lot of the vaccines and they have not been informally consented to. 
So, I mean, people are doing some nefarious stuff. And if she's going to, like, hippie New York, they're probably going to fill her with all kinds of stuff and be like, oh, yeah, there's a little bit of a tetanus vaccine in there with, like, 50 other things. Anyways, just saying. But, yes, go get your shot. What's up, Brad? So I wanted to ask Steph, since she looks at, like, Frontier Lady websites, if her favorite show was Little House on the Prairie. Absolutely. I have a replica outfit. Well, it's not my, it's my daughter's, and she wears it, and it has a little bonnet and everything. It's so cute. <laughs> Okay, Steph, so the official position of the Ask a Christian Room is go to an urgent care and consult with a medical uh, physician and see what they say. And don't die. And don't die. Well, I'll try not to. I have, I saw that you can get a booster at CVS, but it sounds like I should probably have someone look at it. I hate the urgent Wait, have you had a tetanus shot before? Well, yeah, like 15 years ago. Yeah. <sighs> All right. Ooh, I hang on, see. Can I, I I do know that when they put you under, you know, like give you gas now, they put fentanyl in the gas. What? Yeah, yeah. Two of my friends have had to have procedures like really recently, like within the last two weeks, and they they found out that like when they woke up and stuff, they put fentanyl in the in the anesthesia, in anesthesia stuff. Well, I mean, I think they've used that for a while, right? I had fentanyl when I was in labor, and it was amazing. That was the only medication I used my first time. <laughs> it was five minutes of pure bliss, and then it was... <laughs> I was okay. not sold. Um, yeah, so... Godspeed. And if they end up putting the, the COVID vaccine in there with your tetanus shot, then I'm sorry. They better not. See, it's like a Tdap, right? It's a whole bunch of stuff already anyway. It's like tetanus, rubella, whatever, whatever, whatever. How close are you to like so, the border of another state that's not New York? <laughs> right now, about 20 minutes. Do you, should I go, go there. Yeah, go. Yeah. Wait, what state? Uh, what state? Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know. I'm just going to go on a limb and say you'll probably have better luck there. And, hey, I, I'm in compliance, so no one can ban my room, right? Because that's probably the closest immediate access to medical care you have since yep. it's 20 minutes away. So, you know, no one can freak out about that. I'm saying go to the nearest medical emergency clinic you have. And if that's in Pennsylvania, it's probably better than New York. Oh, I hate it. All right. I know you're right. Thank you. I will get to <laughs> So... <laughs> Then maybe you guys are right about the church. All right. <laughs> all right. See you all tomorrow. All right. Have a good Monday. Bye. Yep. You too.